on episode 40 of Pixel Guide In. Six good Amiga games. Nintendo leaks. Cody admits his faults. Eric has no faults. Old news. Eric plays a Spectrum next. And Cody plays a new NES game? What exactly is Fall Guys? And we're going to the circus. Stay Stay gentlemen welcome back to pixel guide and it is august eric how are you doing i am doing all right hot august night the, the time where people get together for large barbecues <laughs> go to the beach and uh put on their skimpy swimwear and just uh mingle amongst each other and say howdy and cheers and drinks and now we just sit inside and play video games oh we, oh, it's kind of wintry. It feels kind of wintry. It, it's just except hotter. For, except for the 90-degree weather. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric, if you are looking for a podcast all about retro video games and retro-inspired video games... And you, delicious beer. You are in the right place. I, I'm here. I'm in the right place. Perfect. I love it. Um, shout out to our boy, Tim Drew, who is home today. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to join us this month, but we will see. Maybe we'll try to get a guest appearance or something. But uh, yeah. uh, Eric. Yeah. What should we do first? Quick questions. Quick questions. Quick questions. All right. Here is a question. Here which, is an answer. Which console made the largest leap technologically from one model to the next? I wonder if we both have the exact... No, not in this one, probably. Hmm. Hmm. So you did say console, not computer. Console. That's right. And I was going to use a, like a computer as an example. Like, my biggest computer one was probably the Commodore 64 to the Amiga. Like, when I saw that, I was blown away. Like, a mouse and a GUI, you know, and, and uh, the games looked so good. But I'm, I was thinking more console this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, ha- I do have my answer. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to say, when you say model to the next... Yep. So was, I, I, I meant to say, like, within the same uh, public brand. company. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So at one point in time, Eric, mm-hmm. there was a company who was on the cutting edge of technology and came out with the newest, latest, and greatest stuff. Nowadays, they still do quite well, but they don't do it with the newest, latest, and greatest stuff. I think I know what this you're saying. This company is called Nintendo. Right. And the Super Nintendo was awesome and cool, mm-hmm. but they went from mastering well almost uh, yeah mastering like 2d video games and even playing dipping their toe with some star fox and 3d stuff yep to releasing the nintendo 64 with quite a large number of software titles that they produced Mm -hmm. and uh like super mario world super mario 64 they like created that genre and they i know looking back it has some it's a little dated but they did it really well right out the gate like there wasn't a lot of growing pains right Whereas I would say some of the other competitive consoles at that time had a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they just had good solid gameplay right off the bat yeah and, they, and they're always known for their nintendo's always known for their uh first party you know excellent titles and i know while i'm not a huge fan of the 3d marios i know the first one what was it mario 64 mm-hmm. was i mean when you looked at it it was pretty amazing for its time i remember playing it in the store and being like this is real this is a real thing it's crazy yeah and when i, I remember specifically even though i was a, a little kid at that point i was 10 11 10 mm-hmm. with that controller even though it was a weird controller now i get it yeah I, like, grabbed the controller. I'm like, I don't know how to control this. And I just started moving, and it made sense. Yeah. Like, to my little 11-year-old brain, like, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, wow, it works really well. Now, when you say the technological leap, though, what I found odd about the N64 was that it was cartridge-based versus... Because at that time, you started seeing the discs come out for all the different consoles. Hey, there's technologies that made things better, Mm -hmm. and there's technologies that made things cheaper. That's true. I would put the CDs in the ladder. Yeah, streaming audio is a big deal, though. That yes, you know, streaming CD audio on games was a big deal, and um, but I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It was a j- big leap. Yeah, it was a big leap. My answer is going to be the PS1 to PS2, and the reason is when hmm. I first saw the PS1, it was pretty amazing, like uh, the the 3D graphics, but they were kind of like uh, you could see the textures, and it was kind of ch- like. Um, not chunky, but like uh, clunky, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I always want to say grainy, or I always mm-hmm. the way I always describe it is when I would see stills in a magazine, yeah. I couldn't tell what I was looking at. Yeah. Until they were moving, then you're like, oh, that's a separate item right. than that is. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, the games were fun, and it was great, but the funny thing is, especially even lately, um, when I play a PS2 game, I don't see it being that much off of a PS3 game. I don't think they're that off of each other ps2 to me says like it was the era of the modern game like it's almost like like very good graphics where you're starting to not i don't want to say distinguish it from reality but you could really tell what everything is in a ps2 game yeah it it didn't leave much to the imagination no it it to me it's like uh they look like very very much modern games ps2 games where ps1 games don't they kind of like the old era Correct. So it's like this divine, this this boundary between the PS1 and PS2 where it crossed a threshold. I think in episode three, we mm-hmm. tried to define what retro was. Right. And that, you're talking specifically about my my cutting, my dividing line for me. Oh, what, yeah, what retro really? means, which is if the hardware itself mm-hmm. gets to a point where um, there's no limitations, you can create whatever, kind of whatever you want to create. Yeah. Then that's not retro to me. And I think the PS2 did that. I mean, yeah, you can go higher res, or you can go with larger worlds, or you can do things like that. Right. But you weren't limited to the style of game you could make. Yeah. You can make anything that you can make nowadays on a PlayStation 4 or now 5. Yep. You can make that style of game on a PlayStation 2. You're right. Just yeah. not as high resolution. But PlayStation 1 and before. And that's why I consider, even though it came out later, the Game Boy Advance to be retro. Right. Because you can't design it just feels and that's that's my dividing line but and then the speaking of the controller how much different nowadays is the controller versus the ps2 controller it's like they're the same yeah they kind of they kind of refined it from the ps1 and then now it's just the same controller but a little better tweaks better here and there this is going to be the episode of control or the month of controllers for us actually i guess it'll be next episode episode 41 really when we get there yeah because I have a lot of controller talk, Eric. Oh, cool. A I lot love, of controller talk. I love controller talk. Um, 
Eric, yeah. my quick question to you. Is there a type of game that you used to love, but just don't see yourself playing them anymore? So we had a similar question not that long ago, and I picked Flight Simulators. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember what the exact question is. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not, that normally I would say that answer was Flight Simulators, okay. but I have a, I thought, I was like, I don't want to repeat that. So I'm going to, th- I thought about another genre that I haven't played in a few years and I probably won't go back. And that is sports titles. Like I used to play, okay, and not maybe not like all sports, like because I mean I still play motorsports, like car, like driving and racing. But oh yeah, yeah, no, I got gotcha. you. Specifically for me, it was basketball games. I used to love basketball yeah. games, like NBA Live '95. Loved that game. It was the ah <laughs> uh, man. We played it at parties. I played it with friends. I loved everything about it. And nowadays, like when my son plays NBA 2K18. You can look at, like, I've looked at the TV and gone, oh, there's a basketball game on? And it looks so realistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I've literally looked, oh, I didn't know the Kings were playing. I look over there and it's him playing. <laughs> but it's gotten so, it's gotten so oh, cool. It sounds gotten, like such a, a later in life dad thing to say. Yeah. Oh, it, you've it got is. the TV tubes on, eh? That's right. Um, but the, <laughs> I've tried to play with him and play with him, like play basketball and, it the controls are so complicated. That yeah, it, it takes you two hours to learn how to play the game at a very basic level. Yeah, and uh, that just doesn't barrier to entry. And then every year you got to learn new control mechanisms. I, I'm just not. I don't dig that. I'm not into it. Like NBA Live '95 was shoot, block, pass, turbo. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Um, I, I can't. I just can't get into them anymore. So I don't, I, I'm going to pick sports titles in general because I don't see me playing baseball or football games anymore either. Gotcha. Okay. So what's yours? You know, I wish I had a good answer for this, because I'm trying to avoid the obvious ones, which are ones that I don't have time to play anymore. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'm actually... But I mean, like, for example, I still want to play, like, RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I never really got too into them. I have only completed a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Recently, uh, I guess about a year now ago, I did Chrono Cross, or Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, yeah. And that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did look up ahead of time, see how long it was, and it's like, it's about 20 hours. I'm like, cool, that's about my limit. Yeah. Because a lot of them now take forever. Or you get Skyrim and it's 120 hours or something crazy, you know what I mean? If you do all the side quests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me at this point, um, I think the best one is, th- see, the thing is I would still want, I still want to play them. Uh, I just don't see myself playing them, I guess partially because of time and partially because... I have so many other things, other games and stuff I want to get to. Right. But I used to love, one of my favorite games of all time, like I said, is Heroes of Might and Magic 3. And Mm -hmm. it's like a huge campaign-based, turn-based strategy game with battles in between. And you can save spam. and um, But ultimately, there's a big map and you're collecting, you're going to different parts of the kingdom and collecting gold and grabbing mines. And then you go into battles, which become turn-based strategy games. So each level could take eight hours to play like one level if you want to call it a level and then they have these campaigns and extra i mean if you played all the content from that series here's my magic three and all the expansions you've got 200 hours of content there right and i loved it i used to even when i was just starting to work right out of college i would play like three hours a night while have i had like the late show in the background i'd watch Jay Leno, then Conan O'Brien, then I'd even try to fight through the Carson Daly at that point in time. Woof. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was, when he was done talking, yeah. and the credits rolled, that was bedtime. Right. 
Um, but now with kids and all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. But, and I have so much more to get to because of the show and things I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say those are still good because you can save whenever you want. I can still play them in bite-sized mounts. I just don't see myself playing one anytime soon. Right. I, I wait for the day when I get, re- you know, in theory, in my perfect world, I retire. Yeah. And, and my wife is in the other room knitting or something for five hours. And so I'm like, cool, I'll just go play yeah. Might and Magic for five hours. Nope. I love a good RPG. I mean, I, I, I would do the same thing. And I think I will do the same thing. Like, when I retire, quote unquote, I will try to jump into more RPGs. Yep. Sweet. That ends quick questions, Eric. All right. Which means it is time for us to move on. Uh, well, actually, for, let's 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 tell the viewers how they can get a hold of us. How about we do that first? That makes sense, right? I would love to do that. And let's do it with a little quiet folk music in the background, Eric. <laughs> I got something to tell you, partner. Oh, what's that? My, what, what's it? <laughs> yeah. what, what's a good word, friend? There's this thing called the interweb. Oh, it's the like interweb. a series of tubes. <laughs> um, but if you want to reach us on that series of tubes, you will go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to get us on the Twitters, that is <laughs> at pixel underscore Gaiden. I can be found at at duh project, D-U-H project. Cody can be found at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. And Tim Drew can be found at at sanction, S-A-N-X-I-O-N. That silly guy used numbers in his name. <laughs> he did. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is going on with this world? Please review us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere. <laughs> Specifically Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Anywhere is great. We'd love some reviews. Yep. And if you want to email us, which we got a lot of email last uh, in the last couple of weeks, which uh, we appreciate, and we will be reading some of that on the air, you can reach us at podcast at pixelguiden.com. All right. We have a Patreon account, which means if anyone wants to support the show financially, they can do so over at patreon.com. And uh, we like to do a little thing here on the show every month where we announce all of our patrons and uh, appreciate and acknowledge them for what they do for the show. And uh, we do it in a fun way where we use a random adjective generator to describe each person, but it's random. Yep. The interwebs tell us what to say. (laughs) Exactly. And so we're going to go ahead and do that for you right now. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome, one and all, to Pixel Guidance, Circus of Patrons. For your entertainment, I present to you our clowns, the flagrant Tim Drew, the brash Jim Tessier, the mellow Henrik Lulfold, and the careless Gary Heather. Please keep your arms and legs within the walls, because here comes our lion tamers, the shiny Dustin Newell, the thorny Matthew Ackerman, I did say thorny, the antique Gabriel James, and the jolly Josh Malone. If you'll point your attention to the skies, here comes our high-flying acrobats, the incandescent Eric Sandgren, the curious David Vincent, the altruistic 10-minute Amiga Retrocast, and the selective dated Moblack. Next is our three-man team of juggling and riding them unicycles, the whispering Roy Fielding, the conventional Mr. Toast, and the macabre Team Grey all the way. 
Although they live in completely different parts of the world, this next team has been a duo for quite some time. Our contortionists, the erratic Maciej Sosnowski and the scholarly Paradroid. Now, please, lower your voices and prepare for the newest member of the Pixel Guide and Circus, who will now dive 27 feet into a thimble of water. He's amazing! It's the aromatic Ramoke Ramoke. Thanks again to all our patrons. We're gonna take a little break right now. So go buy some Cracker Jacks. Thank you, thank you. Yay! We got our new uh, patron, Ramoke Ramoke, which is probably one of my favorite um, names <laughs> yeah. for a patron. Yeah, and he has very nice things to say to us when he sent his uh what really what did he say eric what did he say well i know it's no it's not anything elaborate <laughs> it was uh he just said he loves the show and wanted to show us to support so and that is the correct answer to love the show yeah. you don't have to show us support financially yeah. but if you uh, want to send an email or yeah. write a review we appreciate it hey if you want to support us and you hate the show that's okay with us too <laughs> <laughs> i guess so <laughs> um, which leads us to our next thing one of my favorite things drinking beer yeah so let's go ahead and uh crack open a beer here yes and you got to explain what this one is this beer i have no idea what it is okay all i know is i had to buy it for the show because of the can yeah the name um, what is the name exactly eric oh it's, do you want me to say this um well there's a v there's a very large v yeah um it is it is by yeah, what brewery is it by? What brewery is it by? Ale Asylum. Ale Asylum. So I don't know if these guys make a lot of beer. Yeah. I think they came up with this label, and all of a sudden, like, every store worldwide just said, okay, we'll buy it, because right. that'll sell. And then people like me are like, I don't care what the beer is, I'm buying it. Yeah. This beer is called, um, let's see, it <laughs> is FCK COVID, but the V uh, is very large, and the F is divided amongst the top of the V, Yeah. and then the CK. Right. So F something CK COVID is the name of this beer. Yes. I have and no idea what that means, Eric, but you know what? It says it's a hazy pale, 5%. Which I know you're not a huge hazy fan, so... Now, it says V 2.0. Did you see that? Version 2.0? Yeah, it says that where the V is. That kind of scares me. Does that mean yeah. that the first revision wasn't very good <laughs> and they had to redo it? Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, Eric... And it's a tall boy. I appreciate it. It is a tall boy. Cheers. Cheers. Boom. Woo. And a little sniff and a little sip. Smells like a pale ale. Tastes like a pale ale. All right. I like it because the pale ales are iffy for me. Well, remember, we we talk about this a lot. Yeah. I don't like IPAs. Me either. The hazy IPAs Mm -hmm. are my jam. But I've even had hazies that are just still too too, uh, hoppy for me. So yeah. this I, one's honestly, this one's more borderline. Um, I like it. It's got a bite. It's got a little bite, like a crisp, a crisp it bite. Is, it is crisp. It is refreshing. Yep. And it's cold. I appreciate that. I think it's. I don't think it's got much more to it than the fact that it's kind of full bodied and it's got a little bite. That's a plus to me, though, because like I said, you you get too fancy with the hazies, and I don't like them. Oh well, you're gonna enjoy one we have for the next episode. <laughs> I brought a fancy one. Anyways. I, I sound like Zangief almost there. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's all I got left from the Street Fighter sounds. Um, 
So we should rate this. Yeah. Out of... I think um, I'm ready. <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> I don't know what this means. I just looked at the can. Yeah. And it says FCK COVID. Mm-hmm. And there's a little red asterisk. If you look at the bottom, it says also hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they don't... I don't know if it's the show hoarders or just people who hoard things. I, oh, hoarding. Like oh, I'm an idiot. Hoarding. Like people because of COVID are going to the stores and hoarding everything. Yeah, there we go. I, that makes sense. Also hoard. I got it. Sorry, I'm a little <laughs> slow today. My friend's <laughs> a little slow. Uh, errata and feedback portion of the show, Eric. Yeah. Oh, um, were we going to rate this? Um, or you want to wait? You want to no, give it a little? No, we can, we can go ahead and rate it. All right. Uh, out of... Out of uh, hoarders, sixty, <laughs> sixty hoarders. Out of sixty little red viruses. Okay, because the picture everyone likes to put the virus all over the place, as if they're like putting it on a pedestal for some reason. Right. Um, out of sixty red viruses, what do you give this, Eric? Out of sixty, I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid fifty. I like it. Ooh, that is that's high. As Tim would say, oh. that's high praise. <laughs> that's me. I say that. <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah, Tim started I, saying it last time. Yeah, I think he's copying it from me. That's from uh, um, that's Nick Cage. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so great. That. High praise. It's high praise. Um, we actually had a buddy who said that all the time. Yeah, and it was his wife. I guess at one this. Sorry, we're going on a tangent. Yeah. His wife uh, told him he does such a good impression of that. Lem was like very serious, and then she she said, "Guys, watch this." And she's like, dude, that impression, you're so good. And he did it to us. And she's like, guys, wasn't that so good? So he does it all over the place, never knowing that it was just this terrible... That it was terrible, He just thinks yeah. he's nailed it. And I even made a... Uh, printed a big old poster I made on Photoshop, had it printed on, like, 24-foot... Yeah. Or 24-inch tall poster of his, his <laughs> face over Nick Cade's body saying hi, pray. Anyways. Um, I'm going to get it at 45. I think it's just a average... Average beer. Sounds good. But I bought it for the can. Yeah. Uh, errata... A uh, couple things I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, first of all, we already mentioned this, but we did an awesome episode on the craptastic Commodore 64 competition. Yeah. Ooh, lots of fun. It was a lot of fun. And I uh, just wanted to reiterate that I played Jumping Jalopies completely wrong. And you, yeah, you had mentioned that once you <laughs> learned that you could actually go left and right. Yeah. It wasn't a one-button game. So even though I raised the score mid-show because I learned that, yeah, I want to raise it like another three or four points. I did enjoy it a lot more. We did a little high score challenge. Yeah, I, I, just, lo- I, I loved it. Just barely broke two hundred was my best. Um, found out later that the uh, the author of the game gets around five hundred, which is crazy. It's nuts. But um, yeah, someone's trying to break that hundred point barrier. Um, another thing on that episode is uh, we mentioned uh, Roy Fielding's game, Kung yeah. Pu. Yes, yes. And how I played the correct version. Right. And y'all played the wrong version. We played the wrong version, yeah. But the wrong version is actually the correct version because he... He submitted fi- it. He, yeah. he fixed it after the fact, so it doesn't count for the competition, but that's the game he wants people to play. Mm-hmm. So I did play it, and it, it is a very fun game. Oh, yeah. I love- so I just want to correct that here on the show. Yeah. Uh, but I was being a good judge, Eric. I... I- I hear you. I hear you. That's right. Um, I also mentioned uh, in our last episode that uh, I have a, a friend who is originally from England, mm-hmm. so he likes to correct me on all things wrong. Yeah. Um, he got one wrong, so I got to hold that over his head. I won't go into details here. But he did get me uh, on one. I was trying to th- think, talk British and th- say something uh, very British about getting on the telephone with uh, Tim. 
Yeah. And I couldn't think of a British way to say telephone. He said it, it's supposed to be the blower. I'm supposed to call it the blower. Okay. Get him on the blower. Yeah. Which I don't get that. I guess you breathe your COVID all over the phone. Yeah, I don't know. You blow all over that. A um, couple more things. We have some feedback. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have some feedback. Um, I'm going to start with one from Douglas from Doug- the 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, yes. who heard the last episode in which I blatantly stated the truth, which is that Galaga is really not that great of a game. Okay. Uh, if you disagree, go back and listen to the last episode, episode 39. Uh, Doug wanted to tell me that Cody was 100% totally, completely, entirely, and horribly wrong about Galaga. It was, and is, an incredible game. I may need to speak to your manager about this transgression. <laughs> he then went on to write back, this is via Twitter, by the way, <clears throat> that uh, these young whippersnappers, meaning me, thank you for the compliment, I am quite young, <laughs> and I can snap a mean whip, uh, just don't understand what it brought to the table back in the day. Doug, I do understand. I pointed that out. I See, I like to go ahead and re- rebuke here on this forum, where you yeah. cannot respond to me for multiple, multiple days. Bullet point by bullet point. Yeah. Space Invaders is less than Galaxian, which is less than Galaga. I don't disagree with that. And was as groundbreaking as Super Mario Bros. being less than Mario Brothers 3, being less than Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. To which I responded. <laughs> I agree that it was groundbreaking, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to boot it up for fun, because it just isn't that fun for me. By the way, I still play Mario 2 and 3, cough, better games, cough. <laughs> and then I'll just finish this up real quick. He says, Galaga is my go-to arcade game, along with Dig Dug. No relation. If you think about it, that one is uh, still in most arcades across the country, along with Miss Pac-Man and a few others. There's a reason it survived. And then he put a gif of basically someone dropping him like to, to an estate. You know. Yeah. He wins. Um, <laughs> you're wrong, Doug. I get the last laugh. I'm putting it on the podcast here. And the end of conversation. No, it's, it's all good fun in that uh, I did enjoy that episode playing a bunch of Galaga games that were better than Galaga itself. But they wouldn't exist without Galaga. True. Yeah. I, don't, I don't dispute any of that. And I will say that the reason Galaga is everywhere even today is because it sold a buttload of, of uh, machines. So they're there and they're out there because there were so many to begin with. Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. And it was a great game back then. I mean, there was nothing like it at it for its time. So... I don't play games back then. I play games now, Eric. I played Galaga <laughs> so much that I just love playing it, even when I see it in arc in like uh, like coin ops or whatever in the local barcade. Like I, I just got to play it. I love it. You got a little piece of uh, feedback from Paradroid. Yeah, he was talking about uh, when we mentioned the Dreadnought Factor, and I knew that Paradroid from way back. He's a huge Dreadnought Factor fan. Oh yeah, I see his brand new game. I'd never heard of it. To me, it's brand new. And yeah, I love it. to you, he he loves it on. He, I remember him talking a lot about it on in television, because uh, in television is. I his, need to get yeah version. It's like horizontally scrolling. Instead that's of correct. Vertical. And, and in television is his jam. That's his favorite console. Okay. So uh, he talked about uh, that there are two nearly identical Atari versions. Uh, one for the Atari eight bits and the other for the Atari fifty two hundred. Those ones uh, do uh, what is it? Uh, vertical, right? Their vertical yes. dreadnought factor, but he goes on to mention that there's a ton of strategy to the games. Um, like basically, if you bought, like if you bomb the engines first, 
um, which if you take care of all four of them, it will give give you a lot more time to do other passes over the dreadnought so you can take out mm-hmm. the guns okay. and things like that. Um, but he goes on, he, he just goes on to say that that's one of his favorite games and uh, he talked about the pronunciation of his name, but he said he just changed <laughs> it to Paradroid <laughs> make gotcha. it easier. Gotcha. But it's Heavy. Heavy, not heavy. Heavy, not heavy. Not heavy, it's Heavy, yep. See, we're trying uh, to make things too complicated. Yep, so he also mentioned one last thing I'm pretty sure, but not absolutely positive, that Dreadnought Factor predates Uridium by at least a few years. I say this because I was playing it on the Intellivision when the VIC-20 was barely out. That's right, because Tim mentioned that he reminds him of Uridium. So That's right. Yeah, this, I'm sure inspired that. Yeah, so and last good but information. Least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for writing in. And yeah. last but not least, our uh, fellow podcasting buddy, yeah. Mr. Rob O'Hare, yep. uh, wrote us in to just drop a few things. I'm not going to read all of this. He went into much detail, yeah. uh, which is probably meant specifically for us, but um, about Billy Mitchell because I brought him up in the news, and he just wanted to say a couple things real quick. Uh, the gist of it is the Guinness Book of World Records recently reinstated Billy Mitchell's records that they excluded back in 2018. Um, he goes on to talk about how good you know all of his um, accolades and all the things he does, and he, he obviously is a very, very good video oh. game player. I mean, oh, yeah. one of the best, if not the best. Correct. Uh, he's definitely in a much different class than anybody I'll ever meet. I mean, yeah. He's, he's, you, it's no doubt he's good. You still haven't watched King of Kong, though, right? You, mm. still, you need to do that, Eric. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I, I have it on my list of stuff to watch. You got to do it. Yep. Um, I'll skip most of this uh, this uh, very detailed stuff, Rob, but I do want to say he, he mentioned a few years after the King of Kong was released, uh, I had the opportunity to meet Billy Mitchell and Walter Day, which is the, uh, the owner of... Um, Got Twin Galaxies. Uh, Twin Galaxies, yeah, yep. the record record book, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Kong Off 3. That would be really fun to go to. <laughs> that would be. Uh, the official annual Donkey Kong tournament that takes place in Denver. Uh, in the film, Billy Mitchell comes off as a huge um, bad word hole. Yeah. And in person, he could not have been nicer. And I've heard the same I've, thing. Yeah, I've heard it. Heard yeah. the same thing. He says, people are complicated. I'm sure the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, but both he and Walter Day were super nice to me and stood and talked to me longer than they had to. And I've heard that. I've absolutely heard that from multiple yeah. uh, sources. And I would love to meet the guy. I just, uh, like I said, you watch the show, you get caught up in his character. And yeah. he does kind of continue that character when he does public announcements and things or videos or interviews. Um, but I've heard everyone who meets him in person thinks he's a great guy. So yeah, yeah, and I mean they gotta make that show have you know somewhat of a hero, somewhat of a villain. So they they're gonna they're gonna make someone come off as kind of a jerk. So he and, po- he played that role probably in that movie. So and then Rob says, "Keep up the great show." And Rob, you do the same. Wow, Rob, of course. Who? Um, yeah, he says he's a uh, for some reason uh, his podcaster dropped us and uh, podcatcher dropped us. And it just got back on, so now he has a huge backlog to catch up on, but he's glad to be back on the bandwagon. And uh, yeah. I also would suggest you hop on Rob's show, which disappeared and came back, Yeah, which is Sprite Castle, he the Commodore. Hi- he took a hiatus. His life got super busy, but Sprite Castle is an excellent one, and so is You Don't Know Flack. That's another great one. He has a ton of podcasts that he does, uh, but those are the two main ones that I, I like yeah. the most. I just listened to the Dig Dug episode. Yeah. All right, Eric. He, that brings us to the main event. Oh, what, yeah. Okay. He he did a um, he recently did one on Fix It Felix Jr. I have not. Yeah, I want to hear that one. Yeah. I'm gonna so. wreck it. I'm gonna. Um, Eric. Yeah, it's not news to me. 
or to most of our listeners. No. But as long as it's news to you, we call it the news. Reporting the news! And we're trying a new format this uh, month, Eric. Oh, are we? This time, we're doing the entire news <laughs> yeah. via rap. Yeah. Yeah. DJ Donkey Kong! <laughs> <laughs> Bring it! Pixel Guided! What? You dropped that beat. Nice. And stop. Yeah. We don't want to do that. We had like two listeners who just got disappointed and yeah. the rest are like, think. Josh God. Malone, he just had his finger on the jo- like, <laughs> Stop. He had his finger on the delete podcast button. Josh right Malone, there. why do you hate production quality? <laughs> I don't understand. He does not like the music in the background. All right. So, All right. did that. Did that. Is our professionalism here. Eric, we've got news to talk about. Yeah, let's do um, it. Sometimes the news, like I said, it's news to us. Doesn't mean this is cutting-edge stuff. Don't expect the world. Uh, I do have one thing on here. I'll mention it. That is actually two years old, but it was still news to me, Eric. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I was excited to find out that Retro Gamer Magazine, in theory, they reached out to me and I'm sure other people Mm -hmm. and said, we are now going to ship all the back-ordered issues of the magazine we've been holding on for four months because of covid yeah i haven't gotten an episode or an issue in four months so right and i went to uh i stopped off uh at barnes and noble our local mm-hmm. bookstore because it's the only one <laughs> it's the only one left now <laughs> yeah. and uh, they had our, one, our local giant box store bookstore exactly they had one issue and i don't even remember what was on the cover but i did grab it um but i'm eager for them to start flowing the other ones too because uh, yeah i i haven't gotten any I wonder if they months. will bring in ones that they I hope never they put do. on for sale. I hope they do because I'm I'm behind. And I don't. I just don't remember the one I got because I grabbed it, threw it in my car, and then my car broke down and it's been in the shop for two weeks. So with your magazine in it, and with my magazine in it, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But um, so I subscribe, which means yeah, I will get them all. But in theory, hopefully they'll catch up. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to be a Karen and I'm going to start asking for managers. Right. Um, <laughs> the couple new. Published Commodore 64 games okay. have been announced. Yeah. Uh, one is Bad Moon Rising by Cytronic. Yeah. And Cytronic now is coming out with like four or five games a year, which is great. Awesome. And they're usually boxed. Um, and I'll touch on this a little bit. My only, the only thing, bummer for me is, yeah, they're, they're going to be boxed and they usually have feelies in them to kind of make them worth the, uh, the value. Mm-hmm. And they go for like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, but then there's tax and shipping and import and all this stuff. So, because they're usually coming from the UK. Yeah, and so I kind of, and a lot of times they're PAL only. I just kind of have a, I don't get to buy these physical ones unless I mean honestly I could buy it, put it on the shelf, and download it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I would love to buy these. They just haven't quite gotten to where it makes sense to me. Yeah, for whatever reason, mostly because of that all that additional stuff that you have to kind of deal with to get a copy here. Yeah, um, I wonder if we could we could uh, franchise that like we could warehouse and store there like they could send us a box of 50 games and we just resell it and ship it from here in the US. See, we this could, is a good idea, Eric, but let be, me just let me just catch up to you on that here. We could be Cytronic West. Cito- oh, I like this idea. <laughs> uh, also, MW Ultra is a game that was just released as well by ProDivision. Another. Yeah, I, I'd say the Chevy to their Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they mm-hmm. both kind of do very similar things. They both make high-quality, boxed, produced, commercial Commodore games. Yeah. Um, and this one looks really cool. Uh, more of a, a run-and-gun style thing. Um, so I do want to jump ahead real quick. Or actually, I'll just mention it here. 
So this is another piece of news that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, Protovision, who we just mentioned, who makes MW Ultra, uh, made a deal with Commodore Forever, which is an American-based Commodore supplier of power supplies is mostly what I think of, but other Commodore parts. Okay. And they are doing exactly what you just said. They are oh. starting to house some of their software at Commodore Forever here in America. Oh, that's awesome. So now I would encourage everyone to go on to Commodore Forever with a four, Commodore 4 ever, and uh, check out what ProDivision stuff is now there to buy. So if you want to buy a power supply and a couple games, you can do that. See, that's awesome. I don't know why more people don't do that. I think there should be like a... Because then you just ship one giant box of 50 games, and you put them on the shelf, and you sell them, and when they sell out, you reorder them, but yep. it'd be great to do that. I, I I think it's a great idea. I hope that he gets more uh, different, more and different publishers to do that with him. So Absolutely. Cool. Like, oh, wow. Tim likes it. Yeah. Tim yeah, he's like excited. It. I didn't even know Tim was on the show today, but cool. Look at that. <laughs> so, Sagrada. I, I'm aware of the board. That's a board game. That is a board game. And you haven't gotten it yet. I was looking. That's what I was doing. I was looking up at your shelf. It's funny because um, for whatever reason, there's literally like tens of thousands of board games out there. Yeah. And you and I share like 60% of our collections. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're both big board game fans. Yes. Um, Sagrada is one of my favorites, though. That's why it and irks, said it irks that. me that it's not on your shelf yet. If you look at my Amazon wish list, it is on there. Okay. Sagrada is a fantastic It looks game. good. I like dice. And then it's got a thousand dice and, and there's expansions for it. So you can make it a five or six player game. Um, it, it's, it's, a, I love it. And my whole family loves it. So it's, it's not just me, but I was just cruising around on the Nintendo eShop. Mm-hmm. And Sagrada, as you do, as I do, just looking at games <laughs> and Sagrada is on there and it's pretty reasonably priced. fourteen ninety nine. I think it was. That is awesome. So it, there is a version of Sagrada and I think it would be kind of cool to play online because scoring Sagrada could take a while. Like, there's a whole round yeah. of scoring the game. Is this going to make it where I don't want to own the physical game anymore? No, I think <laughs> no, because the physical game is so beautiful. <clears throat> it really is a really nice-looking game because um, it's based on stained glass windows. And it's only, well, at least on Amazon, it's only 30 bucks, which for a board game isn't a lot. And when I bought mine when Sagrada was hot, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think we paid like 60 bucks for it. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think that's where it started. Way down on it, yeah. Yeah. Um, the dice on there are translucent, like multicolor dice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna get a copy. And they're small, like the little tiny dice, but they're translucent, all really pretty colors. Uh, it's a fantastic game. I haven't pulled the trigger yet on the eShop because I'm thinking, it's, well, it's probably the same price as the board game. They usually charge a lot for those, and it's only fourteen ninety nine. So it's, oh, it's not too bad. No, it's that's a it's a pretty good deal on the eShop. So Sagrada is a great board game if you're into. Um, well, as Eric likes to say, I like the cut of your jib. I do, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do like the cut of your jib. Um, so you're saying you haven't bought the uh, the eShop one yet because you don't know if I'm going to buy it. Exactly. <laughs> it would be a trip if we played that online. That would be fun. It could take like an hour or two, but it would be a blast. Well, we need to find more excuses to do that regardless. You're right. We do. I need to be better at that. Analog Pocket. Yep. This is a big thing that just happened. It was. Um, they had a big pre-order event, and they made a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they pulled a Nintendo. And, uh, Which everyone... I don't like, and I know a lot of people called them out online for it, but oh, let's, explain what about it, it. let's explain what it is. So they say, hey, we got pre-orders, they get everyone buzzing about it. everyone's excited, they hop on, order open pre-orders, and the majority of people try to pre-order, is like, nope, you sold out. Yeah. 
And which I means think, I think that's such crap. It is. It's what Nintendo did. It's uh-huh. false supply to kind of build buzz, and then you know people, scalpers are going to start selling them and all this garbage. So it's going to be the hot item, and that's the whole thing is to label this as the hot item by making this totally manufactured shortage. Yeah. Now let me play devil's advocate real quick. Okay. Let's just pretend. Now Nintendo, they've done this a long time. They know better. Yeah. To be fair, analog has only made super premium, like $500 consoles, mm-hmm. and they make more money off of small volumes for people who want premium, premium products. They do, yeah. This product was priced at $200, which is, it's still a premium product, but it is at a very, I mean, it's still a little high, but it's a for, very affordable price for a lot more people. And for what... For in case people don't know what we're talking about, Thank the you. analog pocket is a handheld device that is very sexy. I mean, that thing look that's the, I know it makes me want to say I like the cut of your jib. It, I do, and I do. <laughs> um, but I, it, it, you gotta admit that's like one of the best looking uh, handheld gaming devices I've ever seen. It I looks mean, really good, and it plays all kinds of different cartridges from mm-hmm. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, uh, Lynx, yep. Game Gear. Pretty much all the portable stuff. Out of the box, it plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and then you can buy um, adapters, adapters for all the different, which probably make it look less sexy. Because when you're done, <laughs> when you're done buying all those adapters, this thing's going to be five hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you yeah, buy all. Let's the just admit it. I mean, well, then, and if you're anything like us, you don't have carts. So at this point, you're putting an EverDrive in it. At That's this right. point, there's nothing legit about it anymore. It's all just right. really expensive aftermarket. Yep. Emulation. And it, it, now it is high, very high quality parts. The oh, yeah. screen is supposed to be very nice. Um, I, like I said, I love the idea of this. I just, it's going to be so expensive that, yeah. I, and I don't like the the, the manufactured shortages yeah. like, that Nintendo's known for. That really chaps my hide. Well, like, the thing that kills me is one thing if they they said, all right, everyone can buy them on the day and they run out. Yeah. But they're pre orders. It's just a pre order. Exactly. So, like with the Spectrum Next, See how many people do it. Like, just yeah. if it's three hundred, great. If it's a thousand people, great. If it's three thousand people, even better. Don't put a cap on it. Yeah, and it's, the funny thing is, you actually, well, business wise, you make more money if more people buy it because you can buy get cost reductions on all the parts. That's right. So, anyways, whatever. We're not business majors. Well, yeah, or it, ethics majors. What we'll it move makes on. me, what it, what it makes me is, I definitely will not be in the first round for analog pocket. Yep. I actually don't personally... I mean, if it gets... I don't know. I have things that play that already. All those things. That's true. It is sexy. And uh, if all the cars like magically fit into it with no adapters or something, mm-hmm. maybe that... But I don't know. We'll see. Yep. Right now, I'm not feeling it. Um, we got a whole Amico hour and 15 minute long uh, video. What do you call it? What is that uh, event that happened? The event that happened and like the day it was supposed to happen. I actually rearranged my work schedule so that I could watch it. <laughs> and then guess what? And they moved it a day back because they had breaking news, which they didn't identify what that news was, but it no. was in there. But then the next day, all those um, clients that I pushed off to the next day. <laughs> yep. I had to go. I had to. I had to take care of those clients, so I oh, didn't. Bummer. I did not get to watch it live, but I did watch it on. On YouTube. So, again, real quick, the Amico is a new console coming from the brand of Intellivision. Uh, a guy named Tommy Tallarico, who's been in the industry doing music forever, uh, bought 
the brand and is making a brand new system. And it's really cool, really family focused. Uh, really, um, everybody sits in front of the TV all together on a couch and plays multiplayer games focused. Yeah. Uh, and both Eric and I have a pre order already. We do. The Founders Edition. The nice gold and wood grain, the sexy yeah. uh, 70s vintage looking thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll try to go through this pretty quickly, but anything <laughs> stand out to you? Um, I, I thought. I thought all the game demonstrations on there looked really cool. I, I don't remember the name of the little uh, racing one because we just did an episode yeah, on Top, Top Down, Down Racers, mm-hmm. and that one looks so good on there. I, it did look fun. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, not not right now. No. Yeah. Oh, man, that looks so good. But Moon Patrol, all the classics look so good. See, Even, like, Missile Command. Missile Command, actually, they had a really cool spin on that. Yeah, Missile Command looks great. Astro Smash, which is now going to be a pack-in title. That's what I was hoping you were going to get to. Is that the new... That That's probably not the news news, but... Um that was well. They they were they were slowly releasing one pack in every like couple months. Okay, so that was it. Now we know what the five pack in games are. Yeah, uh, cornhole, skein, uh, Astro Smash, and Astro Smash looks so cool. It's a remake of the original Astro Smash on Intellivision. And I actually really like the original one. That's probably my favorite game so far on the Intellivision that I have. That and D and D. The AD&D game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I still don't have Astro Smash, so... Oh, it's so good. That's one I've been trying to find uh, fully in box and everything without paying an arm and a leg. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not that much, but um, I'm trying to see if we can go through videos here and find... Uh... This is just some dude talking about it. Oh, that came... Is that, wasn't that Hot Wheels? Wasn't that a Hot Wheels license? Oh, it might have been. Was that the Top Down Racer one? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyways. Yeah. The other thing, of course, which is big, and we kind of all expected it, to be honest, is that it did get pushed back. We were supposed to get our Founders Edition here in October, and everything's being pushed back to April now, April of 2021, um, which, honestly, I expected that anyways, and then COVID didn't help anything. Whatever. I'm not too bummed, because I I knew it was going to happen, but... One thing I really loved about the event was they went into detail about the controller, which is which was fascinated me because yeah. I think the controller is one of the coolest things. But you saw it like the card game where like you could look at your hand on the little screen. On yeah, the it's controller. funny. There was a game of spades, like it was a card game, yeah. and they were like, "And now here's a, one of our great, you know, uh, software developers. They've been in the industry for a long time. They're making a new game called Spades." Yeah. And everyone goes, "Uh." Yeah. And then when I watched it, I'm like, "Actually, it looks really good." <laughs> Well, for <laughs> because me, of the cards in the hand and that yeah. each person's uh, the the LEDs on the outside of the controller light up to show that player, and mm-hmm. it just kind of showed off what the system does, which and, is really cool. And really, what the paradigm shift would be about the controller, like yeah. it's going to be kind of almost like what the Wii U didn't do. <laughs> I mean, because it just didn't succeed. Yeah. But like with the Amico, you're going to be able to really have the controller be an integral part of of playing a game in a different way, like seeing a second screen that can be hidden because it shows you that like with a card game for me. Okay. Spades spades will be fun, but like, can you imagine, you know, other card games? I mean, even battling card games like a Pokemon where you see your hand magic or magic or something like that. I think it's going to be pretty slick. I hope that developers take, take a hold of that and go with it I already he's saw got a really good lineup of people working on games so yeah, that's really cool too do you remember the first de- the oh first... and he got a bunch of licenses I'm sorry yeah, he yeah, got go a bunch on, of go like ahead. legit licenses didn't he get Major League Baseball yep I yeah. mean, that's crazy that's that awesome is, that is yeah there was a demo early on they didn't show it in this event but there was a demo early on where do you remember where 
like they rolled dice with the controller and yeah. like you could see Farkle. the di- Yeah, yeah. That's included but that's another one of the packets. Farkle. Okay. So that that's pretty neat because you can see on the controller like your dice rolls and yep. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Um but that is one thing he still hasn't touched on for me. I don't know if you talked about it in another interview. Is I want to do four player gaming with this. It comes with two controllers. Mm-hmm. How and how much and how? Where the rest of the control? How do I get two more? I know you can do phones, but the phones don't have all the features. I want You're two right. more. I want four controllers because I noticed the buttons. There's two buttons on the on the side and two buttons on the other side, so you can flip it and be left handed or yeah. right handed. Well, and there's the LEDs and there's a gyrometer in there and yep. there's I mean there's all kinds of stuff. Here's what I think it's going to be. Um, I think you're going to be able to do like what I did in the old Super Nintendo days, like bring your own controller. Because when my, my when my friends and I would have parties and stuff, we would always put in the email like bring your own controller. Byoc byoc bring your own controllers. And you but just, I want to play with my family. I mean, you know. So like when I come over, I bring my two controllers and we just sit down and we. <laughs> hey Becca, yeah. guess what I got you for Christmas? Two controllers. Cool. Now we got four. You can bring them when you play. Well, I couldn't afford two of them. I got you one. <laughs> I got Addy and Claire the other one. Cool. Exactly. We got. You're gonna have to split this one. Oh man. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm disappointed because I I really thought like maybe there was a chance they were gonna work around this COVID problem and like deliver it on time, but I, I get it. So while it's disappointing to me personally, I'm still very positive about the system i think it's going to be awesome cool yeah so my next news item here is the sega saturn eight button arcade pad who makes this one um it is by this one is if if you could go to the show notes because i don't want to i don't want you to look at the other ones this particular one Mm -hmm. um there there's yeah there's a link right below it yep um this particular one is the one I want because they are, you can already buy this on Amazon and it's it's multicolor. It's got different color buttons and this and okay. that. But this one is an officially licensed Sega eight button arcade pad, two point four gigahertz wireless. But if you look at it, it looks like the original Sega Saturn six button kind of UK version. But it comes with two adapters in the fancy little box. Oh, yeah. So you can plug it. You can play it on PC, Switch, uh, PS4, but you can also plug it in your Sega Saturn. And you could, like, play, use it with your Saturn, have yeah. a wireless controller for your Saturn. I, I like the black version. This version is, to me, the best. Mm-hmm. They have ones like this on Amazon already that may not have both of the controllers, but they're all different colors and blah, gotcha. blah, blah. This one's the like the OG one. So it's wireless, 2.4 gigahertz. Yep. And it is made by Retrobit. It's Retrobit, yep. And if you can there see, you if you can scroll this way, you can see that it's for Sega Saturn, Sega Genesis. Uh, oh, yeah. You can Sega Genesis in, Mini. The Sega Genesis Mini, the PC, Mac, PS3, and Switch. Yeah, I couldn't go into Genesis because the dongle doesn't That's fit right. a Genesis port. But, yep. Which we'll get a little to that in, uh, next episode when we catch up because I, I got a few controllers. Cool. But back in the... Di- Back in one of our episodes, we discussed our favorite controllers. Yeah. It was in a quick question. And the Sega Saturn controller is one of my favorites, the six-button one. Yeah, and for me, it was the Japanese one, which is that one. That's correct. <laughs> so I love the feel of it. I love the yep. buttons. So I, I, I think I'm going to grab that. It's on pre-order, I think, right now. So Very cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of controllers, again, I told you it's yeah. going to be a very controller-heavy month. Cool. Um, I've been talking about this solution for a long, long time. 
Yeah. And I don't know how good these are, but they are getting fairly good ratings. Mm-hmm. But these exist now. It. It's some crazy company. No idea who they are. Kinvoca. What is this? Kinvoca. But check these out. Whoa! These are... And six, like almost like N64 ones. So these are full-on Switch Joy-Cons. Yeah, so they slide on the sides. They the slide Switch. on, and they are wireless, which means they will work with the... Uh, yeah, yeah, the flip grip. The flip grip in, in Tate mode. Mm-hmm. And it provides a D-pad, which is what I want to play shmups in Tate mode. That's right. Which you is why... You had mentioned that. Yeah. That's the whole reason I wanted the flip grip is so I could play shmups vertical. Yeah. And it wouldn't work because the c- current controllers you can do it with, but the buttons are far... Uh, it doesn't work. I, I hate the four buttons on the Switch Joy-Cons. Yeah. They don't work. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a true D-pad. And then on the other side, the right side... It is set up, it's not perfect, but it's designed and it kind of is set up like a uh, GameCube controller. So you got a big green A button, a little red B button, and then Y and X yeah. on the top. And then even C is a small little yellow nub. That's it, a you know, nub. For, yep. So um, normally I would have like no faith in these. Yeah. Uh, because it's from a random brand called Kinvoka. Kinvonka Donk? Kinvonka, Kinvonka. Kinvonka Donk? <laughs> Um, they are also available in turquoise and yellow. I actually kind of like the turquoise. Um, Amazon ratings, which you can never really trust, got four out of five stars, but I did do some reviews and stuff, and a lot of people are saying, uh, the parts that I care about, it does pretty well. Okay. Uh, the plastic, the colors don't always come out exactly red, and they're more like pink and aqua when they get them, and it's cheap plastic, they don't feel super strong, but they're 45 bucks for a pair of Joy-Cons, and, uh, as everyone knows... Real Joy Cons are seventy bucks if you can find them. Um, I might give these a shot at forty forty five ninety nine. They're slightly higher than I wanted to, to test them out. Yeah, the only reason I never pulled the trigger on those, uh, remember those? There was the um, the Hori, the big ones, the X or the the Machina Deuce, yeah, X, X. whatever it is, yeah. The only reason I didn't pull that is because we were it was because of the show, like we were talking about it, and they don't there, there it is. They don't they're not wired or wireless. Nope. So if so, you do a flip grip, they still won't they won't connect. So I, I didn't want to be limited by that. Um I love the shape of them. I mean I think they look great, but they don't even sell them on uh, Amazon anymore. No. And I never saw them in local stores where I probably would have like uh just reflex bought them, you know, if I saw them in the store. <laughs> but uh Hey, maybe I'll get those uh, Vodankadonk ones. Yeah, I want to give it a shot. I really want to find a yeah a way to do Tate games. Um, this was big news. Did you hear about the Nintendo leak? They uh, they're calling I did, they're calling I did. it the Giga leak. It's like the uh, Watergate of 2020 <laughs> for Nintendo products. I know. I heard about it on another podcast, but they didn't really go into it too too far. So I didn't. I don't know the details. So something came out where. There's like some asset release of like details of old games. Or yeah, something? We're, they're talking about really old stuff. And uh, okay, there's apparently everyone. If you look at any article, all they talk about, and probably rightly so, is the ethics of the whole thing. Yeah, because the stuff that leaked was stuff that somebody on the inside had to have leaked on purpose. Right. It was tons of like everything from emails. It's like they almost dumped an entire hard drive onto the internet. Yeah. Of everything from design notes to uh, concept art, to uh, e- emails, a lot of them which were like personal, and there's you know people in there saying things that they wouldn't want people seeing them and saying. I don't, I don't like that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here, 
But the main reason people are into it is because they're digging through this and they're finding like art assets and stuff for games. For example, uh, in Mario 64, you can't play as Luigi, but they found 3D renderings of him in the Mario 64 folder. Yeah. So you can see they were trying to put Luigi in there. They were trying to do two-player. the asset, yeah. Yeah, so they were thinking about that. Um, there's all kinds of, like, things. There was a, a fun one where they t- took uh, found the original photos that they made all the textures from Mario 64 out of. Yeah. Um, from even back in the Super Nintendo days, uh, here's some, like, prototypes of the Zelda. Uh, Link from Zelda. Looking like, completely different. It's like a Santa Claus Zelda. Yeah, all kinds of art. Pro- uh, there's a lot of Pokemon stuff. A lot of, like, this is talking about, you know, because Nintendo did a lot of stuff with Pokemon, so even, like, when they were importing, uh, not importing, we call it, um... Licensing it from, uh... When they were bringing it to America. Oh, okay. And they were, not translating it, they were America, they were trying to Americanize it, and basically they are creating their own Pokemon, like, changing them all, and... Yeah. Ultimately, Japan said no, but they had all kinds of information on their, um... Um, <laughs> uh, I guess the Pikachu was supposed to be, like, a large-breasted... They wanted to make Pikachu a large-breasted female Pokemon. Um, there's uh, pictures of, of Yoshi when they... I don't see it on here right now, but pictures of Yoshi, uh, concept art of Yoshi. Here's a picture of Luigi dying, flipping us off. Um, <laughs> there's all kind. I mean, it, there's tons and tons of stuff, and I keep finding more and more of it on here. And I'm not even trying to go out of my way to find it, but it's crazy that kind of stuff happens. But yeah, it's it's what people are saying is things like this make are just going to make companies even more and more secure about what they, how they handle things. It's just going to cost more money to protect their properties. Cause there's a lot of stuff in here that, you know, makes all kinds of people look certain ways and mm-hmm. art and things you can see, like, you know, you're supposed to see the finished product. They don't want you to, they don't want to be known for everything they tried and failed at, yeah. which now you can see. Um, so anyways, Gigaleek. Gigaleek. Vectrix news. Elite on the Vectrex. Have you seen this? I, I, I saw Indie Retro News had posted something on this, yeah. Yeah, so coming soon. Uh, yeah, if you can find it on there. There it is. Uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, it is basically Elite, for what people don't know. That is a very popular space exploration game that is that is vector-based, even on regular consoles, on the, on the BBC Micro, on the Acorn, on the... Commodore 64 on the Speccy. It was always like a vector-based um, kind of wireframe uh, space exploration and economy game. And they and since the Vectrex is natively a wireframe vector console, yeah, there it is. And, Darn good uh, at it too. They are, and uh, so we're looking at footage of it right here, and it looks really good. I mean, I don't know if it's going to flesh out to be an actual game or not eventually. I hope so. Yeah. But it's lacking some things, like the little radar display in the middle. Like, I hope that that works, that they work that out. But it looks like the core combat and flight module and the space station is all there. That's a game I've been wanting to dig into and really learn because mm-hmm. you can't just pick up and play it. You're going to have to read things and figure out what you're doing. A lot of keys do different things, and you got to get used to how to dock before you buy a docking computer. But as a kid, I really got into Elite. I mean, I I, I loved that game. I mean, I probably had a year long game going. Oh, really? Because you you can play that game where you buy products at one space station and then you go to another one and sell them for hire so you can make more money and then you upgrade your ship and you upgrade your weapons and 
for a game of its time. That was mind-blowing. Yeah, I heard you can play like a traitor, or you can go and be like military and just attack everybody, or you can yep. play how you want to play. And there are police in the game, so like if you start going around blowing up innocent people, they're going to come hunt you down. Uh, the game just had... Um, it was a it was a huge game too. The galaxy was huge, so I mean, it was a procedurally generated or was it procedurally generated? I don't know if it was or not, but it um, it, it was a big game. So uh, it, and it amazingly fit in like forty eight k or something like that, or hmm. maybe even smaller than that. Um, well, on the spec, it had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I love about it is you realize all the text on the screen, mm-hmm. and the Vectrix can do that, but. They, no one took advantage of that. Nobody did. But on this yeah. one, there's all kind of maps with the planets and all their names, and then menus and yep. you know all kinds of text, which I learned when I had to. Um, you can listen back a few episodes now, but when I went in there and adjusted my Vectrix, yeah, there's basically two um, two processors. One creates the vector drawing line yeah. drawings, and the other one creates text. And so, like, when you're adjusting things, you have to adjust the text to make sure it's straight up and down, rather it'll tilt one way or the other. Like wavy, yeah. And then the same with the lines, connecting them, how long they are, and how they're, you know, adjusting everything. So there's there's plenty of text in there that a lot of people just don't use. Um, But this one uses it extensively. So that is cool. I do hope that comes out. Yeah. Um, Hey, more RetroBit news. Yes, I want to know. Now this, I wrote down, hardly news, because it was announced January 2019. (laughs) Okay. Eric, it's news to me. 2019. But... Show it to me. Um, basically, uh, I think they did mention... Someone... I've heard it recently, which is what tipped me onto it. Okay. So I think they might be... Uh, might have said that, all right, they're starting to actually start to uh, produce this thing, or they're making plans to start producing this thing. Uh, but basically, Retrobit is in the process of making a aftermarket replacement Sega Nomad. Ooh. Um, here you go, Nintendo. There you go. Well, it's just the Nomad there, but uh, here you go. Here it is, the prototype that was shown at CES in 2019, January. But they're making the, a whole new Sega Nomad. Now, Sega Nomad, for those who don't know, is a handheld Genesis. And that was made basically at the very end of the lifetime of the Genesis. So you can take a Gen- Genesis, take a Genesis game, shove it in the back, and you've got your six-button controller with a screen in the middle, basically. And that and it's, uh, it sucked up batteries, but you know, they go for about 200 250 bucks nowadays used. Right. Uh, so if they were able to remake this with a nice screen, pretty cool. Yeah, and since it was in 2019, has there been any new news on this? That's what I don't know. I heard it recently, so I'll have to go back and listen to the source I heard it from and see if they, maybe they tweeted something. I don't know. But I would love that. That'd be cool. I wish more people would do, like, uh, recreations of, like, a... And this is kind of like going back to the analog pocket. Like, I wish someone would just remake the Neo Geo Pocket Color, but modern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. A new screen, new battery life. Or, I don't know, Sega and their Game Gear. Sega, exactly. <laughs> on, a re- on a realistic size. <laughs> on a realistic size yeah. with more than four games. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a lost opportunity. I mean, I, I can you imagine like a... A Neo Geo Pocket Color with a clicky joystick with the real buttons, but, like, battery life that lasted, you know, a ton of time and, like, just a bigger screen with, you know, I think that would just be amazing. And I would buy it. I agree. You know? know. Well, they made it. It's called the Evercade. Um, (laughs) So, basically, what gives this more credence is it's by Retrobit, and Retrobit, back at this time, got the license to produce Sega-branded stuff. Okay. Which is the controller you bought. 
that you're buying the Sega Saturn controller. Yeah, that's right. That's Retrobit. Yep, that is. So they, it is officially Sega it's, product made yep. by Retrobit. Which I, yeah, yep. I want to get it all. I want to buy it all. So I'm going to try to be. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to put this the way I want to put it. I thought it was worth noting because I think it's funny. And but I didn't hear this at all. You'll so. notice the the Nintendo eShop is getting a lot of stuff on it now that is n- not very Nintendo. Okay. For example, there's a lot of uh, Japanese adult games coming through. I've seen that. Things like that, which in, in the past Nintendo would never do. No. But apparently Nintendo did find their limit, and they recently removed a game from the eShop, and the game was called Don't Get Caught. And what, what was it about? This was a game, and this is very yeah. strange. Yeah. This is a game, I'm trying to see how I can put this in a pixel guide in a family-friendly way. This is a game where you are a man... Use taco and hot dog instead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I enjoy American food. Um, you are a, a man, apparently, in the back of your car, okay. looking at a video or a picture of something. So far, so good. And you are trying to okay. finish your job without anybody outside the car noticing. Like accounting job? <laughs> More or less. <laughs> Crunching the numbers? <laughs> You're just trying to see if you can get to the climax of your counting. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is the... Anyways, and they removed it. They're like, no, that's way, way too weird. Oh, that is nuts. So, I can't believe that made it on there in the first... I didn't even know... I've never heard of that game. I, I hadn't either until Nintendo <laughs> removed it, so... Not looking towards uh, checking it out either. Sitting in the back of a car trying to knock one out of the park. Uh, Tim, you had uh, the next item here. Oh. Come on, Tim. No, you gotta be Tim. <laughs> no, better, this, better, I, did, I did two news better. items. This is you. This one is a bit nutty. Oh, is it? You, yeah, I can't do Tim's voice. <laughs> hey, I failed through it last time. ZX Spectrum Kickstarter number two. Well, you got the Z part right. Of course I did. Um, so that is going to be tonight? Is it tonight or tomorrow? In England, it's tonight. Yeah, so <laughs> I um, so I won't be. It's probably why Tim's not joining us. That's what he's doing. He's trying to get his his Spectrum Kickstarter. He's sitting there hitting refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> I want to get the early bird discount. Exactly. Uh, but the ZX Spectrum uh, next is going up for a, a second round on Kickstarter, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, for everyone except me, because right now my Spectrum Next, which I did get, is worth like twelve hundred dollars, which is amazing, and it's sitting I right just here. Scalp it. If you, yeah, I mean, you probably you still have time to do it. I'll scalp it and then I'll buy another one. Exactly, just jump in. You, it, <laughs> I hate to say this, but you should go in there and buy one and then just, and then scalp it and then scalp this one. Honestly, at that point, I'm not scalping. At that point, if someone wants one, yeah, and they're willing to pay for it, then yeah. great. I I love the thing, and honestly, it would be hard to not have it for that period of time. Yeah, I would never do. it. I'm having a great time with it. Yeah. Um, if I didn't have other financial goals with my hobby money, I'm trying to attain, I would never even think of that. But I'm thinking about it. Anyways, I love the system. The Spectrum X, of course, a modern recreation of the ZX Spectrum microcomputer from England uh, with all the fancy SD card and um, HDMI and all kinds of hardware that makes it the next version of a Spectrum. It's beautiful. It's It's beautiful beautiful. and it works well. And a couple things which I might point out on the next episode when we do Catching Up. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Tim. Thank you, Tim. 
You're, you're welcome. Yeah. See, I can't do. I, I, I'm not good. <laughs> Where's that trombone? Yeah. No. I, I can only do certain phrases with a British accent. I can't just speak in a British accent. If it doesn't say governor, yeah. If I should not drink governor. <laughs> but I can't. I can't do like. I can't. I just can't speak in it. All you so. have to do is talk normal, and yeah. then instead of saying uh, potato chips, say crisps, and then I believe you. <laughs> okay. I'm like, oh no, you're from England. No one else would say something crazy like crisps. Put your ZX next in the boot. In the <laughs> now you sound uh, Canadian. Yeah, it doesn't make. Yeah, I'm no good. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm no good at that. Um, now that we've alienated all our listeners, exactly. Let's move on to ah the Evercade, Eric. Yes, which is I'm very interested to hear how you're getting along with yours. Well, you will in next episode catching up because I did get one. Go ahead and there's some news. There's a breaking news. Breaking. We should add that sound effect. Um, two more games have gone uh, live for the pre-orders, and they are ones that we have mentioned. Actually, I do want to bring these up, because if yeah. you haven't heard of these, I think this is one I will be purchasing. Okay. Um, and Dan James told me about something on Twitter. He said that the uh, Namco ones are only available right now in the UK. Like, you can't get the Namco. Correct. I tried. I yeah. tried. There's that Namco and, uh, Collection 1 and Collection 2. And, the and there's other ones that are completely sold out, both at Funstock in the UK, in the UK yeah. and on Amazon. I can't find some of them. That's too bad. Um, but we'll talk more about that in Catching Up. Okay. All right. The Atari Lynx Collection, mm-hmm. Volumes 1 and 2, have been announced. And I don't have a Lynx. I've been wanting to get one. Me too. But I do have now an Evercade. And these two collections cover, like, the majority of the games, um, which is awesome because I want them. Uh, Collection 1 has 17 classic games, including Scrapyard Dog, Basket Brawl, Super Asteroids slash Missile Command, Awesome Golf, Crystal Mines 2, Buried Treasure, Dracula, The Undead, Malibu Bikini Volleyball, which is Eric's favorite. I like the cut of your jib. (laughs) And many more. Um, And you can see them all here. Cyber Virus, uh, Gordo 106, Jimmy Connors Tennis. There's a blast from the past. This one actually looks really cool. This Ishido, The Way of the Stones. Yeah. Uh, Loops, Mega Pack, which has a bunch of games in it. Power Factor, Remnant. Anyways, Super Squeak looks cool. Um, so all those games, and then actually let me kind of zim back here. Do do do. Go to cartridges. Boop, 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 boop. There you go. Links Collection Two, also for pre-order. And these are the ones I recognize. Uh, only eight games here, but they're the ones <laughs> I recognize. California Games. Yeah. Chips Challenge. That's, That's like a classic Windows game. Link- yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and the Lynx game. Yeah. Checkered Flag. Yeah. Todd's Adventures in Slime World. Electro Cop. Gates of Zendocon. Zarlar Mercenary. And Blue Lightning. Is Blue Lightning a shmup? It's, um, behind, it's like Afterburner. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of behind the back on rails shooter. I've heard it's not a great game, but it's really pretty to look at. Okay. That's I know I, I know. most Lynxes have a copy of that game with them. I don't know if it came with the system right. or what. It but. was a system seller because it looked so good, but it's like all flash and no substance from what I understand. Anyway. Gotcha. I so like, if you don't have an Evercade, yeah. uh, look into it. It's a pretty cool concept. A little handheld, mm. brand new, $80 or 100 if you want three games with it. Yeah. Plays new cartridges, physical game media cartridges, which I love. Uh, Damn. Did that, did that, did that. Eric, you got the next one. Yep. So this is just a little shout out to a guy on Twitter that is at the Gav Ninja. Oh, that Gav Ninja. Yep. He is now opening a little shop. He is fixing Commodore 64s. He's out of the UK, though. So if you're in Europe or in the UK, you can 
reach out to him at at fix your c64 so if i if i send him my commodore and it comes back pal i'll know he just gave up and just swapped it that's right gotcha exactly <laughs> um but he is repairing commodore 64s and just wanted a little shout out i told cool. him i would mention it on the show and i could always use a i mean it's always nice to have another resource to fix commodore 64s wherever you are wherever you are wherever you especially are. if you're in england yep um have you heard of this one, Eric? Yeah. This one's kind of been under the radar. Yeah. Been, he's been talking about it. Okay, so it. so Crix. Yeah. Um, our buddy from the Ukraine, mm-hmm. who makes the best SD card solutions for most systems. Yes. I have literally everything he makes minus, I think, two. I think I have everything except one. So he makes all the EverDrives. Yep. And um, he keeps improving on them. He does, and that that's almost like irksome a little bit, like a little irritating because I'll buy one, and then like six months later he has a better one. Yeah, and I don't bite on that. I always just keep the old one because it usually just works fine. Well, yeah, for as me. long as I can play the games I want, that's yeah. fine. Yep. Um, I do like to again, even though they don't pay me, mm-hmm. I always like to talk about Stone Age Gamer. Yeah, I think uh, I I love buying my EverDrives from the American based Stone Age Gamer because they package them up real pretty. But you'll see right here on the front of their page, mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to, they have a flash cart trade in program. What? I didn't see this. Yeah, so you can trade in your old flashcards for store credit. Of course, I'm sure they give you pennies on the dollar for them, but... To pull in the GameStop? <laughs> they are. They are. I'll give you $2.50 for that. Yep. And then they also do have, and they just finally got them in stock, they have now the um, the Sega Dreamcast controllers from Retro Fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, which is cool. It is. Where, I can't see where it is now. It's on here somewhere. This is one of the, the EverDrives I don't have is the Neo Geo one. Um, that being said, Cricks is updating the Mega Drive um, EverDrive. Yeah. And he's creating the Mega, or Mega EverDrive Pro. Okay. Now... What does it do? Now, I'm with you, right? Yeah. I'm thinking, <clears throat> all right, if he updates it and now it's got more save states or it can run like two games that couldn't run before, whatever. Not, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're always like twice as much because he had to put a lot more time and whatever. No. Right. Eric, know what this one is going to do? Amongst other things... Mega CD? It is going to play Sega CD games. Yeah. I'm buying it. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm buying it. I don't have a way to play Sega CD games. I have no way except for emulation through, you know, a computer or a Pi, which is, yeah. eh. Yeah. I'm, I'm buying it. That's okay. That's all there is to it. Yeah, because uh, my um, my EverDrive, my Crix Mega or whatever EverDrive is the very first one he ever came out with. Yeah. So mine's old, old, because he's had some upgrades. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I will, too. It depends on what the cost is going to be. That's one of the things I've never been able to play. I've never played a Sega CD game. So I will say that on my Mister, the FPGA Mister, yeah, they just recently, as of the last six months, came out with a Mega CD yeah. core, so gotcha. I can load that core and I can play the games. And I've tried it; it's it's perfect. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's perfect. So I do have a way to play them. Honestly, I think that's the real reason I don't want a Mister. Is I have all the actual hardware, mm-hmm. and I enjoy having the hardware. Yeah, me too. And if I get a Mister. That's a big excuse for me not to buy a new piece of hardware that is really what I love. Yeah, and I, I, I guess I can overlook that. I like the convenience of the Mister, so sometimes I'll just throw a game on there just because it's conveniently hooked Quick. up to my... Yeah. It's HDMI, it's to my big LCD, it looks really good, it's very, very accurate, so I love it. But, cool. But I understand... Different, I understand different strokes, saying. I don't yep. care. Yep. Yep. I'm still waiting for uh, the uh, Atari Lynx and the uh, Atari Jaguar drives from um 
Ah, what's his name? Yeah, I know the guy you've talked about uh, him before, but I don't remember his name. Uh, hits right here, uh, Retro HQ. Okay. Which he's selling the Neo Geo Pocket on Stone Age Gamer. Yeah. I want to see those other ones come in. Which I'd still love to get someday, because mine's still the one that's kind of the... You know, the only one that it only stores two kind on Kind of janky one, yeah. It's a little janky. I'd love to... I wonder if they, they trade that in, Stone Age Gamer. <laughs> well, I think they do resell the old ones. That's why they want them. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. Um, so oh, the, this, so we just talked about this, but it's the Namco Collection Volume 1 and 2. So this, I'm very excited to tell you about this, okay. Eric. I don't know if you heard about this. This blows my mind. This is very exciting to me. Okay. Now... Go ahead and look at this. First of all, it, all it is is that Namco created a collection of games like they always do mm-hmm. on every system ever yeah. of their old classic games, and they made a new collection, Volume 1 and Volume 2, for the Switch. Yeah. Eric, why would that be exciting? Why I'm, would Cody care? He doesn't He doesn't like ports, Eric. You don't like ports. Namco on the Switch. I'm bringing it up right now. Actually, I had links I could have just clicked on, huh? These newfangled internets and their computers and their webs. All right. So I'm pulling up, for example, the information on the Steam version of this. Yep. Okay. So here's some games, and you'll notice, includes 11 titles. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, uh, these are all NES versions of their games. Oh, So okay. that is unique, yep. right? So these yeah. are all, this is a port of ports. Yeah. These are all NES versions of Namco games that they're porting. They've, you can get the arcade ones a million different ways. Now you can get the NES versions of their games. Okay. Kind of a cool spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have games like Galaxian, Pac-Man, Xevious, Mappy, Dig Dug, The Tower of Duraga, Sky Kid, Dragon Buster, Dragon Spirit, Splatterhouse, Wampaku Graffiti. That's a great it game. It is, yep. Uh, and we played pa- that. We, we played that on We a, did pay that. Yeah. And Pac-Man Championship Edition. Yep. Eric, which one of those games does not is unlike the others? Um, I would say Pac-Man Championship Edition. You are correct. That is not a game that's ever been in existence. Oh, really? They created a whole brand new NES game to put inside Volume 1. Hmm. Now, if you go to Volume 2, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. here's the Games in Namco Museum Volume 2. <clears throat> Galaga. Battle City, Pac-Land, Dig Dug 2, Super Xevious, Mappyland, Legacy of the Wizard, Rolling Thunder, Dragon Buster 2, Mendel Palace, and Ga Plus. Yeah. Eric, but, that is not a Nintendo game. No, Ga Plus is not. But we, now it is. They yeah. created a Nintendo port wow. of Ga Plus to put in this. And here's the funny thing about it. Everyone's like, are these NES... St-? In fact, this, this article even here even says it's an NES-styled version of Ga Plus. That's interesting. It is not an NES style version of Gal Plus. Do you know why, Eric? Why? Because I have next to me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just doing this for show purposes. Okay. I will delete this as soon as the show is over. Eric, of course, yeah. Because this wouldn't be ethical. <clears throat> uh, I'm pulling up on my Nintendo EverDrive. Uh, uh, uh. Imports and modern. Oh, look at this on my NES. I am just now loading up. The new <laughs> Nintendo port of Gap Plus. Where'd you get that? I have not played this yet. Yeah. Where, I'm loading this up with you for the first time. Where did you get this? Uh, on the interwebs. This is for demo purposes only. At least I'm saying that. It is the full game. But Is that from the dark web? It is from the dark web, but um, I do suggest you go buy the actual package if you want to play this. Um, <laughs> this That's only on the Switch, right? Uh, Steam as well. Steam. So it, st- it started on Steam. But you can't get it in a NES ROM, right? 
uh, Nesrom. You can't uh, legally get it from legally, the, uh, okay. But somebody did download the Steam version of this game. Yeah, and uh, went ahead and dug through it and found the ROM. It looks really good. It, it <laughs> this is good plus. Here it is. Yeah, we just did well, our last episode thirty nine. We did a, a review of this game, um, and it's I just I can't wait to actually dig into this a little bit because this is my first time playing it and it's. Very Nintendo, and it's very Gal Plus. Yeah, this looks fantastic. And then, of course, you've played Championship Edition before. <clears throat> the Pac-Man? Yeah, which is a reimagining of Pac-Man that came out like four years ago on like PS3 and, and Xbox 360. Yeah. So sure enough... I'm going to have to get these. these. Those both look really good. Well, then send your $17. Uh, oh, I will. <laughs> uh, I think it's $17 for these uh, collections here. The check is in the mail. There you go. And here is Pac-Man Championship Edition. Now I'm going to turn up the volume here. So here's a uh, here's Pac-Man. If you can hear this here, oh, wait, no sound yet. That's right. It doesn't start with sound. There we go. Whoa! And this is this is Pac-Man Championship Edition. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Where the dots kind of pop up randomly, and the map keeps growing, and the music as you keep playing gets more in depth. See, I, I like this because it's more randomized. It's you don't you can't follow patterns. Well, they have a copy of this um, at. Um, see, you hear the music. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> this, good. It's an NES ROM. How cool Funky. is this? But they have a, a the, the actual arcade. You know, the four player arcade with the knobs, of course, missing. So you have to scrape your hands on the sharp knob. Yeah. At um, a coin op where we our oh. local barcade. Yeah. So now we have an NES version. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and... I'm going to have to try those. I'm going to download those. Yeah. Turn the sound off here, but that is awesome. That'd be really cool if it actually like supported uh, four controllers. That would be. I doubt it, but that would be cool. Yeah. Um, two more things. I'll go through real quick. Yep. One, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition and Clubhouse Games both surpassed one million sales on the Switch. I don't care about like, Xenoblade Chronicles. I mean, that, that, I get it. That's a big, cool game. It is a cool game. Clubhouse Games. I saw that. I've this game that. is blown up, and it is literally, like, you know, just old-timey collection of, like, of Mancala. Yeah, Mancala. And, like, pickup sticks. Checkers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's blown up. What is going on with the world? So I saw it at Target, I saw that, you know, the the box, and I was mm-hmm. looking at it, and it, it it is all old school games. The only thing that's really cool is it, it it does have pass and play modes, so you can, like, do your move and hand the switch to somebody else. I mean, that's a kind of neat way to play if you have a sibling that you want to play games with, you know, you just... I've heard from other people, other podcasts, that the interface is really nice, mm-hmm. and it just is so easy to pick up and play those things. Yeah. But it's amazing me that many people would actually pay for it to try it. Yeah. Like, that's just weird to me. Like, I would never pay for checkers. When I hear, like, 40 in one, I think garbage. I don't even care what it is. Right. It's 40 in one. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Yeah. And then last but not least, this is more of an observation than an actual news article. Eric, and I, and I what did, the heck is Fall Guys? I don't know, but I keep hearing <laughs> about it. Like, even before I, I drove over here for the podcast, like, I was reading something on Twitter like, hey, Fall Guys is amazing. And I was like, what is Fall Guys? I don't get it. Uh, let's, we, you and I live to tape here are going to watch a youtube video on fall guys so we can try to learn what on earth this is because everybody's playing it so it looks like a bunch of random 
uh, very brightly colored creatures just running all over the place together. Yeah, and they're kind of shaped like like pills almost. With yeah, arms they're like and legs. pills. With, yeah. Um, it's very odd. And they're just bouncing around off things. There's like mazes that are changing shape. Uh, battle, so dozens of competitors. So it's kind of like a battle royale game. Yeah. And everyone's just running into each other. So I guess... Do you try to knock each other off or something? Maybe there's like... A, Is there it a race? Survive chaotic challenges. It sounds like that maybe it's like, like multiple. My girls are really into Roblox right now. So my daughter's into Roblox quite a bit. And the cool thing about that is it's <clears throat> it's like um, there's lots of different mini games, if you will, in right. Roblox that people have kind of created. Like this is a game now. And yeah. they love to play hide and seek where they literally just have a huge, a whole bunch of people in a room or a big a bunch of rooms in a building mm-hmm. and they all hide places and the other, you know, one person's it. Yeah. And they try to see who gets picked last and that person becomes it next time. Yep. And they love it. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is something similar where the different gameplay is the same physics and the same levels can be similar, but the gameplay objectives are different. Yeah, I mean, is this only for PS4? Do you know? Um, or is it multi-platform? I, I have no idea. I know nothing about it. This is my first time really digging into it. Yeah. I just keep seeing people... Um, you know what? Let me try Wikipedia. Let me see if it pops up. It's on Steam. Oh, so at least there's a PC version. There, um, I mean, there's the official website. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout contest rounds support. I just I don't get it yet. Oh, PlayStation Four and Steam is all it lists. Oh, for the, so that's it for right now. Huh. So oh. I can play it, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, my son got a PS4, so I guess I could steal his, but I yep. wouldn't do that. Well, you you also have a Steam machine now too, don't you? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I'd be curious to try it, but I think it is. I don't think it's a free game. Maybe it's a free game. If it's a free game, I'll throw it down. Oh, I'm gonna look it up now. I'm curious. Cool. It's probably not. Eric, that's the news. Yeah. I like the cut of your jib. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> so Eric and I are going to go ahead and pause real quick and grab some beers. In the meantime, enjoy Eric's take. This month on Eric's Take, I wanted to cover some retro sports titles that I played back in the day. Uh, what made me think of this subject was a quick question that Cody had posed about genres that we once loved but just don't play a lot anymore. And the reason I don't play a lot of sports titles these days is pretty simple. The controls for those games have just gotten way too complicated. So I wanted to cover just a handful of uh, games, three games that I loved back in the day. So I'm sitting here in my game room, and I'm just thinking about it. I didn't really plan um, too in-depth for this take. I just thought of it today, but I thought it was an interesting walk down memory lane. I'm uh, sitting in the game room drinking a nice, cold uh, Shinerbach, one of my staple beers from the great state of Texas. 
And behind me, my dog is asleep, so you may even hear him snoring. So anyway, let's get on with the show. First game I'm going to cover is one-on-one, Dr. J versus Larry Bird. Uh, this was a game created by EA Sports. Uh, it, the first edition of this came out in 1983 on the Apple II, but the version I played was on the Commodore 64, uh, which released in 1984. Um, this came out on a whole lot of different platforms. Uh, the Amiga, Atari 7800, ColecoVision, Atari 8-bit computers... Um, the IBM PC, the Macintosh, and the TRS-80 color computer. Um, it is a ba- basketball game with just, uh, it's not teams though, it's just one-on-one. Uh, there are a lot of um, unique things in this game that hadn't really been seen in too many basketball games before. Uh, one was the animation of you shattering the backboard when you went up for a dunk, and then a little janitor came out to sweep up the glass. Um, if you play it today, it just seems like the frame rate is incredibly slow. Uh, um, your characters do not move on the screen very quick. But back in the day, it's kind of a more strategic game. It was a very fun game to play, uh, a two-player. Um, but it did get really great reviews uh, for its time, since it was an early Commodore 64 game. Uh, it did really well. Um, it, it really was... Um, it 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 was a it was a fun game. Um, I I remember my me- personal memories of this game were um, this was a game I purchased in the store, um, and it was one of the very first games, probably the first five games I bought for the Commodore sixty four. And the packaging was really unique. It had it was it was uh, one of those record player style disc covers. Um, had a picture of uh, Doctor J and Larry Bird on the front. Uh, just sitting there, and uh, I just thought the packaging was so cool. Um, it was the first EA game I bought that was in the series with the almost record player or record um, sleeve style containers. Um, I this this one also was the first game that I can remember having an instant replay when you went up and you scored uh, it would replay the sequence uh, which was a big deal Uh, there just weren't sports games uh, that had that so the next game I'm going to cover is Emlyn Hughes International Soccer So the first soccer game that I ever played on the Commodore 64 was International Commodore International Soccer, which was a very basic uh, soccer game, but it was loads of fun. Uh, I used to play it all the time, one player, two player, uh, but it was a pretty simple game. You picked, uh, I think it was red or blue, and that was the team you were on, and you played soccer. You know, it was very simple controls. You could dribble the ball, you could pass, you can shoot, and that was about it. Um, a fun game, but pretty limited. And then 
later on, much later on, and probably only about 10 years ago, I came across a game called Emlyn, Emlyn Hughes International Soccer. Now, I don't know who Emlyn Hughes is. It was probably uh, before I knew anything about soccer. Um, and it looked almost identical to Commodore International Soccer, but it had so many more options. Uh, you could set up different teams. You could set up uh, formations, players, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, this was one of the very first kind of comprehensive soccer games that I ever saw. And I should mention that it came out in 1980, what was it, 1988 on the Commodore 64. And then it came out for a lot of different platforms, uh, the Amstrad CPCs, ZX Spectrum, Amiga, and Atari ST. Uh, it's been a long time since I've actually played it, but uh, there was a period of time when I was playing it every day. I I was very impressed with the way you could control the ball, all the different uh, functions, uh, whether it's dribbling or uh, just just if the, if you have a Commodore sixty four, you owe it to yourself to try this soccer game, even if you're not into soccer just a ton of options in it that make it a very interesting game uh it even has if i remember right it has this little feature where you can turn off the more complicated controls and go back to the original commodore international soccer controls uh i think that this company that made emlyn hughes was inspired by commodore international soccer uh, because they look almost identical but they decided that some people just got so used to those controls that they would allow you to limit the controls to mimic that game so that if you were really good at uh, uh, Commodore International Soccer that you could just go back to the controls you were most comfortable with. Uh, A fantastic game if you ever get a chance to play it. Now on to quite possibly my favorite retro game, NBA Live 95. NBA Live 95 was created by EA Sports in October 1994 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it came out on other platforms like the Genesis and DOS. Uh, the Genesis one came out in in uh, sometime, I don't remember, sometime in 94, but it included the next year's roster, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, this was uh, probably the first basketball game I played on the Super Nintendo. Uh, it was a full court, five-on-five. Five. Uh, you got to pick any of the professional teams you wanted. Um, and it had one-player and two-player modes. This game had pretty easy controls. I wouldn't say they were simple. Uh, They took a while to master. There was shooting with one button, blocking with the other. Uh, You could point in a direction, hit the pass button, and I think this might have been the first time in a basketball game, I may not be correct on this, but there was a turbo button. So your players, you could hit a turbo button and your player would have a spurt of speed and go faster. And you didn't want to use it too much because they would tire out. And that's when you would need to sub your other players in. Uh, This 
particular sports title was probably in my whole gaming history the one I spent the most time with. Uh, I played NBA Live 95. I played it with friends. I played it uh, at parties. I played it alone. Uh, I absolutely loved this game. And uh, while the graphics are kind of rudimentary to today's standard, if you play it, it's it's very smooth. Players uh, move very uh, accurately, I guess, is a, is a good good way to explain it. The uh, gameplay is fast-paced. Um, one thing about this game is that it also included a thing called a T-meter for shooting free throws. Basically, a bar would go left and right, and you have to try to click on the button to get it in the middle, and then it would go up and down, and you would have to click it in the top to get it to get the ball to, to release correctly. And a player's free throw percentage in real life dictated how fast that little bar would go. So if a player had horrible free throw shooting percentage, that thing would be moving very quickly and make it very difficult to hit free throws. And I thought that added uh, an element of authenticity to the game. This game was from an era when I was a huge basketball fan, and it is my favorite era of basketball. Uh, I was a huge Sacramento Kings fan, and all my favorite players were in this. Uh, Mitch Richmond, Lionel Simmons, Spud Webb, uh, all those all those players were in this, and it was... Uh, just a joy to play. I, I love this game. And in contrast to modern basketball games, which I've tried to get into, my son is big into uh, playing sports games. Uh, the controls were just a lot simpler. I didn't have to memorize a ton of different moves and different button combinations and things like that to do things. And I understand that that is one element to keep games fresh is to just add new features um, by making the control mechanisms a lot more complicated. But to me, that just takes away some of the the fun. Um, I, I, I just don't enjoy them anymore, which is why I don't play basketball games anymore, or really any sports titles for that matter. Uh, speaking of uh, sports titles, I... I would also get play games, uh, FIFA games with my son when he was into soccer. And those felt those felt the same way. Like when I played Emlyn Hughes or, Sac- or Sac- I keep saying Sacramento, Commodore International Soccer, uh, the controls were just simple. You didn't have to think about them. It was just more of enjoying the game. Whereas now FIFA has so many different wacky controls. I have no idea. I, my, my son would just would just school me every time we would play. So anyway, those are my three, I wouldn't say favorite, but three games I remember fondly in the past and still hold up. I love playing those three games to this day. So anyway, thank you for listening to Eric's Take, and I will see you next month. Eric. Yes. We we said earlier in the episode that Tim might drop by. Yeah. And we're going to break the uh, the fourth wall here again. It's been like five days since we recorded. That's but right. something showed up today. Yes. And uh, I hear a little something in the corner of my ear. Is that is that Tim Drew? Hello, this is England calling. Can <laughs> you hear me? Are you on the blower? I'm on the blower. Are you receiving me over? <laughs> Ground control to Major Tom. Um, How's cool. it going, guys? Everything all right? Everything's uh, gone well. The, the shows went well. <laughs> Good. Uh, 
Eric pulled this large uh, package, beat up Ace Ventura style, yep. uh, by our postal service. <laughs> First, lift Actually, this up. Actually, FedEx. It's FedEx. Lift this up, Cody. Feel the weight. I'm... The weight. There's some oh, heft in that thing. There's something in here. There, there is. So to explain to the listeners, uh, we got a surprise package randomly that apparently, Tim, you were trying to get here before the show. Exactly. And it didn't work. <laughs> but we'll blame uh, everybody but ourselves, uh, all the postal people. <laughs> yeah. All the postal people, you all stink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no idea this was coming, so it's a huge surprise. Yep. And uh, like you said, it's quite weighty, so this probably... Uh, that's, um, yeah, I'm not surprised that thing uh, got beat up a little bit as people right. probably chucked that around. Okay, so I'll just let you know that this box is very Eric-centric. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Me likey. Me but likey. There are, there, are, there are some sharing parcels and a couple of other little bits, but uh, yeah. All right, to be fair, the box is, does say... On this side, it says tuck in. On this yeah. side, it says chop, chop. Chop, chop. This so is that's all very what, scary. These are all, well, that's what the the FedEx guy did. He chop, chop. And then over here, it says sprinkle and shake, yeah, which I he also... He didn't sprinkle. I think, well, he definitely shook. <laughs> yeah, if he sprinkled, we're in a lot of trouble. This side says give me some... So I don't know, but... All right, Eric, let's just dig into this thing and yep. see what, what Tim decided you yeah, needed okay. to own. We have not looked in this box. I did. I did cut the tape... So that we can hurry here. So we are ready. Yep. Here we go. Ready to go. Have you got a knife? I, I see peanuts. Oh, so far, we see peanuts. Yes, we're going to need that knife handy because I know yeah. Tim. He wrapped, he sub-wrapped. Yeah. Everything is wrapped. Uh, wrapped. Don't cut yourself. I'm trying to make the noise of the switchblade. Yeah. Ooh. I see little uh, shine. I see white plastic peanuts abound. I see little gold wrappers. What is this? Oh, crunchies. Sweet crunchies. crunchies. There you go. That's it. It's just a box full of crunchies. Well, then we're else. fine. That it's would very be, heavy. Uh, that would be great. <laughs> Man, there are lots of crunchies. My daughter's going to be ecstatic. <laughs> I guess I'll help you pull crunchies out of here. Yeah, let's Goodness. do some crunchies here. At least this time, uh, Tim used some packing peanuts rather than just purely crunchies. Yeah. <laughs> These are the most delicious candy bar ever. My, actually, my daughter, this is her favorite candy bar now, too. Is it? Yeah. It yeah. is such a good one. Everyone's addicted. There you go. You've got, got some candy bars for your daughter. Woo! Go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try <laughs> that's, to... That's fine. Don't worry about the peanuts on the ground. Eric's trying to uh, clean up my floor. All right. More crunchies. Well, I'm going to keep doing crunchies, Eric. You tell me what you got over here. Okay. Oh, wait. So hold they, on. So hold on. Things should be uh, very vaguely labeled. Ooh, some These flake. aren't. These are flake bars. They are probably. They've probably been absolutely flaked now, haven't they? <laughs> they've been sprinkled and what did it say? Sprinkled is there, and is there thrown a note on the bottom of that one, Eric. Okay, so this Eric. this is a. This doesn't have a designation. Should have. This one has a designation of E on it, but that one doesn't. Oh, right. So that's that's so that's Cody's then. Okay. That's, oh, that's a C. Yep, there you yep. go. Oh, there is a C. So are let's open these together. Are we opening them ready? together? Yep. Yeah. Let's it's like it. Christmas, Eric. I know. <laughs> Santa, Tim. <laughs> Papa. Oh, nice. Papa. <laughs> nice. I know what it is. I'm waiting for Eric to open his, though. Okay, here like it a, is. Like a, good, oh, uh, like yes. a good sibling. Look there at that. Go. Oh, you got a tack, too? So I have a tack, too. Because I told Tim that was uh, one I've been seeking forever. Yeah, I just lost a couple yeah. auctions trying to get one of those bad boys. <laughs> Look at that. Actually, there was one I just lost. It was 60 bucks for three. 
And uh, yeah, I was oh, pretty upset. Really? Yeah, that that would have been good. That would have been really good because now they're all going for like fifty. That was only like a month ago. I missed out on that one. This one's a beaut. But look at this. Oh, that's the uh, zip. That's a zip, zip stick. stick. I've got yep, my a zip buttons. stick, which is ooh, these these are nice. It's like a it's, competition. It's a crime pr- that you didn't have one of those. So I thought you've got you've got to have one of those. And Why? I, thank I've got you. A box of those things. <laughs> this is slick. Like, you want to swap for a second? Take a look. Yeah, Zip I've, been, stick. I've never actually felt the tech too, but I keep hearing this is like V one here. The suction yeah. cups on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. It feels nothing like I would have thought. No, no, it's not micro switches. Interesting. It's, it's proper. Um, uh, it's a proper steel shaft in those things. They're they're really rigid. They're very very nice sticks. Those ones. Yeah, that doesn't click. I was expecting that like a, a heavy click. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Oh, nice. Right. No, it's funny though because then. I've also seen pictures of the TAC and the TAC 3. Yeah. And they're terrible. <laughs> right. Well, I think they are. I mean, the they look other, the terrible. The other one to have is the slick stick, which is kind of like the smaller version of that one. Uh, yeah. I've seen a couple of vari- variations of it. Cool. Nice. And then this, so mine, the, you, the, the zip stick looks like a competition pro, but with yellow square buttons. That's right. And suction cups. Don't, don't suction do cups. that. Don't compare it to a competition pro. It's never, its own never thing. compare it to a competition pro. <laughs> you have to. It looks identical, except for a few so, differences. So now, you, now you've got the quintessential Amiga setup. British Amiga setup, an Amiga 1200 and a zip stick. This one set. says... Oh, is that, are these two buttons shit. separate buttons? Or are yep. they both... Oh, well, really? No, they're, they, they're one button, but obviously okay. they do... Yeah. It's not like a uh, cruiser or something like that. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? That's exciting. This one Very says cool. share. Share away. That one up? Well, they're sharing. You know, you can either dole them out between. My them. goodness, Tim, you went all out in this yep, one. Yep, so I have a share as well. Ooh, I see more candies too in the bottom, too. Look at that one. Oh, this this feels um, glass. <laughs> so let me just take my sharp knife and start banging on it until it opens. Or breaks. One of them. Something like that. I just want to make noise. So, so just for the listeners, um, Cody and Eric are both now opening bubble-wrapped parcels. These are definitely with, bottles of with, something. With, with, <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> Cut myself. Snake bite. <laughs> you cut yourself on a styrofoam peanut? Yeah, exactly. There's the <laughs> bottle cap. Noises, noises. Thrilling, thrilling radio. All right, here, here do you, go. If you need to borrow, there. they're almost there. <laughs> Race to open the bubble wrap. All right, I got, I got a beer here. Cody wins. <laughs> I win. Cool. That means I get them all. <laughs> all right, Eric, I've got Bulldog IPA, six percent alcohol by volume. Excellent. And it's got like a, a very, uh, I don't know if that's American looking farmer with a with a bulldog. And then in the background, I don't know if that's supposed to be coin or hop, corn or hops fields or something, but... They look like hops fields. Beer for thought. Ooh. Have you had this one, Tim, or is this... Are you just sending uh, No, the... that was one of the ones that came in my um, beer box that I had the last time when I did a load... Sent you guys a load of photos. So that one's from the Netherlands. Sweet. And then Rosie's Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Rhubarb cloud, Cloudy Cider. Ooh, Cloudy Cider. Slightly sparkling with rhubarb. Yeah, look at that. 
Oh, wow. That's got a nice little picture of a car on it and all that. We haven't done a cider on the show. No. I was going to say, it's it's about time you started doing some cider, especially as I'm in Somerset, which is cider country, so I'm going to have to start sending you some proper cider. Oh, is that how it works? All right. Oh, you yeah. got that one? <laughs> so this is this is Panty <laughs> Stout Oedipus. You said it was very Eric-centric, so... Yep. <laughs> you want to take a look at that Eric. one? Have you had that one before, Cody? No, he sent us a picture when he got oh, his box right, of that's beers. Right, that's right, that's we right. We were laughing. There's a guy, like, stuck in his own stockings trying to get out <laughs> on the bottle. And I can't even read the ingredients because they're all in another language here. Yeah. Interesting. All in, um, Dutch. That is going to be a... That's really cool. That's a bottle, a mystery bottle. We're definitely drinking these on the next recording. Oh, did you talk about... I didn't see that one yet. So this one is a Vollenhoven, Hoven, Vollenhoven, and Company Extra Stout. Vollenhoven. 7.1%. Ooh. Yeah, they're serious stouts, those things. Yes. Check that out. Good stuff. All right. We're set for our next show, Eric. Here's a candy I haven't seen before for Topic. Poor topic. It's a topic. Looks like a hazelnut. Have, oh, that did is. You not have one. I thought you had those before. No, I don't nope. think so. No, no, I don't. Okay. No, that doesn't ring oh, a bell. You'll, you'll, you'll like those hazelnut and caramel. Oh, that sounds good. And Done. Nougat, I think it is. Uh, and more this crunchies, one just more crunchy. This one just says straight up fudge. Fudge. <laughs> Cadbury fudge. <laughs> Double decker. So we've had those. Those were good. Yeah, these double were deckers. Good. Oh, I've look. I've got a fudge here for the recording. There you go. <laughs> Look so at this gonna... double decker. We've had those. Those were excellent. Yep. But Cadbury. Yep. I think that's the one you ate live on the uh, into the mic. <laughs> that's right. And, and everyone got to enjoy hearing it crunch between your teeth. Oh, here's a oh, big thing. Whoa. Says Eric. Uh oh. You got a couple on right. here that say. There you go. Wow, that's a large one. Yep. <laughs> oh, here. Let me get you the knife here, so you can get into that. Okay. And uh, I keep just tripping over crunchies, trying to dig through here. I'm trying to keep a clean room here, too. I got one more item for you here, it looks like. So I'll get that out for you. Yeah, there should be a note on that one, Cody. All right, a note. I will look for said note. Oh, basically, don't open that one yet until Eric's opened the other one. Well, I think he's doing all right, as you can tell. Okay, so this one says Eric, okay. So I'm doing that one. There's some candies inside of this as additional packing. Look. <laughs> so whole, there it is. The whole crunchy bar. There it is. Look at that, Karen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that one's just for you because you didn't get a load from the last one. So I thought, right, there you go. So there's some just for Eric. <laughs> oh, so keep those away from the kids is what you're saying? So what could this yeah. be? It's in a Tesco bag. <laughs> it definitely didn't come from Tesco. What? In... Are you crazy, Tim? Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is an Amiga CD32. That is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. That's all for you, Eric. That is crazy. So you have to find uh, what... I mean, obviously, uh, the... Well, I guess... We'll, maybe, well, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up until we see what the next package is before I say anything. Check that out. It's I do want to check that too. out. Wow, I've been looking for one thing. of those, seriously, Tim. I, ever since I started looking for an Amiga 1200, like... Yep. 10 years ago, I was looking for that. And I had another friend of mine get a PAL CD32 somehow, and he just did, he didn't even, like, we, we played it a couple times, and then he sold it, because the prices went up so high on it, and I never saw it again. Yeah. So, yeah. and that, that was like about, I don't know, 12 years ago. 
So I, I always wanted one since then, since he sold that one and didn't even offer it to me. And uh, I've been looking for one ever since. They're hard to find here. They're very yeah, hard they to find. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, a- they're, getting, they're getting silly money over here as well now. And it's got a class one laser beam. Oh, that's according even to, Yeah. So, so that one literally arrived about two days before I sent the parcel. I've had a chance to check it out, but wow, it really should do with a recap. Okay. Okay, because they are quite prone. They've got uh, there's a couple of big caps in there on the right hand side at the back that okay. are quite prone to bulging. So. Um, you might want to um, open that up and check it out. Will do. Never seen one of these before. I, I say that a lot, though. <laughs> There's a lot of things I haven't seen before. There we go. Oh, there that. we go. Oh, some games. I was about too. to ask if it if uh, if it came with um, so those, whatever the those, quintessential that, controller is. So that controller isn't the obviously the the original Commodore. But those are the Competition Pro Honeybee controllers. Yeah. This is probably uh, nicer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they are a lot nicer. And uh, again, That's those cool. things are starting to just get silly priced just, just for the controllers on those things. So the three games, Crazy. Microcosm. Nice. James Pond and Robocod. And James well, Pond. James Pond 2, Robocod, which I've played before and is awesome. The fish that can extend itself. Yep. And... Yeah. Uh, diggers and oscar and oscar two games and there's there should be another cd in one of those i think there's um like a back to backer should have chuck rock in it as well that fedex guy stole it yeah oh wait yeah yeah there we go <laughs> there yeah, you go it's on top there you go perfect nice. wow this That's is amazing awesome, Eric. this is crazy are, are these these uh I mean, this controller is just a standard 9-pin whatever controller, right? Or is there an Amiga CD32, like, standard No, it's different? a standard 9-pin, but obviously it's got more buttons. Um, so it's got the shoulder buttons and the uh, and the four normal buttons. I've, I've yeah. got one here as well. So, Tim, this doesn't take a standard Amiga power supply, does it? No, but that will run off of the, funnily enough, the 1541 um, 2... <laughs> Oh, really? For the 1581 drive that you sent me, this yeah. is the same power supply. That's random. So you'll be able to use it off of that. Where's the power? Oh, oh the, okay, there power it is. Power is the DIN socket. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, that is really, really cool. Well, thank you so much, Tim. You are welcome. You're going to have to bring that over and we can play some 3DO and some CD32. That would be awesome. <laughs> So you know what the next next battle's going to be, don't you? <laughs> CD32 and 3DO games. Oh, yeah. Done. That's true. That's done. True. <laughs> they I'm, look so similar, actually. They actually do look very similar, even to the uh, uh, size and shape and the top loader and the whole thing, at least the one I have. Yeah. Awesome Way cool, stuff. Tim. We really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no thanks so much. Too. You are welcome, guys. We're going to have to start thinking of the the package to send his way. Oh, we started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we're back live in the studio. Yeah. And I am rather verklempt. Is that parched. a good word? <laughs> I'll use parched. That's more direct. 
I could use a brewski. Yep. So I got us. Uh, I'm continuing the series of summer beers. I see a blue can. I'm holding said blue can. So this is a Cali Creamin. <laughs> Cali Creamin vanilla cream ale. Yep. So this is a vanilla cream ale. By Mother Earth Brewing Company. Mother Earth Brewing. Don't let that scare you. It is very blue. Almost looks like a kind of a tattoo thing on the background. Yep. But then there is a large VW bus with a surfboard on the back. Yep. Now, I love cream sodas, which so are essentially a vanilla cream soda. You're going to love this. This is a vanilla cream ale. Yeah. So you're going to love this. And they have a cream sickle one, too, which I have at home. That sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. So my we, we drank it at dinner tonight, my, my wife and I, not my kids. My wife and I. And, uh, Don't lie, she, Eric. She smelled it, and she was like, it smells like a creamsicle. And we did, and it, it it tasted and smelled exactly like a creamsicle. But this one's just a cream ale. Yeah, I'm smelling it, and actually the vanilla is very light on the nose. Put it in a glass, though, because you got to let it breathe. we got to let it got to let it get some air in there. Hold on. I had to make sure there was no more residue from the previous beer. Which I was, was hoping you like cream ale, because some people don't, some people do. Uh, well, cream. I never had a cream ale. Or cream soda, I mean. I'm sorry. Cheers. Eric, cheers! <laughs> yeah, smell smell that. Yes. Mm, it's like a candle. <laughs> it's like a, it <laughs> it's smells a like a, I walked into Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, yeah, you love your mandals. Exactly. So All right, give, so give, this a, give this a try. Go for it. I'm going to go ahead and try to pick a scale here. Actually, I picked the last one. VW Vans. Uh, okay. We're going right. to do, out of 23, VW vans. Out of 23 broken vans. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll have to, I, I'm guessing my score without tasting the beer. Let me try tasting the beer. It's kind of a yeah. prerequisite. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is... I, I do think this is going to be a very polarizing beer. Okay. Because when I sip that, yeah. I taste cream soda yeah and then on the end it slightly reminds you oh but i'm a beer yeah like this is dangerous yeah i so i i have to admit i've had this one and i but not not i've only had it yesterday mm. i think well two days ago i bought these so um i've only had a couple but uh i thought this is amazing it's a great summer beer it's fantastic oh my goodness i don't want to admit that i really like this See, you said that about, remember that pineapple one I brought? The, yeah. The, the Kona. Or it was, was Pog. Was, no, no, it was. It was a Kona Brewing Company. Um, it was a limited my edition time. one. The My Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a Mai Tai and a drink, yeah. And I, man, I, do you know I've looked for that? You can't since find then? It. it. It's gone now. I've looked too. It's I've looked gone. too. This is good, Eric. Yeah, this is a great one. So what's, <clears throat> what's good about it is somehow it is very much a, I mean, it tastes like cream soda mm-hmm. or cream popsicle. Very vanilla, very but also very light and refreshing. Somehow it is full and creamy, but also light and refreshing. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm all burpy now. Um, and I, now I'm not going to say it overly taste my my dad to be like they call this beer. And that's um, my neighbor's brother. Whenever he comes over, he's he's very into Reinheinskabut. Which is like wow, the bless Germ- you. <laughs> the German uh, purity law, like you, it can only beer can only have four ingredients, oh, whatever. like whatever. I don't, I don't subscribe to that because you're missing out on so much. Now, some people overdo, like, flavored beers. Oh, yeah. And they're horrible. And I totally admit that. We've tried a few on the on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, we have. But to me, this is very subtle. It's not... A, there's no strong, powerful flavors in it. It's very smooth. 
Uh, but it does taste like a cream soda with beer at the end. With beer at the end, that's the key. So, yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah, all right. Twenty three micro twenty three. I really like this, Eric. Twenty. Yeah, be honest with 20. me, man. I'm gonna give you twenty out of twenty three. I'm gonna give it. I'll, I'm gonna join you. Twenty. Twenty is a good. Uh, twenty out of twenty three. Oh, man. And actually, what I do like about it is now I've sipped on it for a while. Yeah, it's more beer and less cream soda. That's the way I felt about the creamsicle one tonight with dinner. Like I was drinking, it going, "Man, this tastes like a creamsicle. It's a crazy." Hear that, and, listeners? And Eric, then, yeah. Eric pregames it. Yeah, we're talking about beer leading up to the podcast where we drink four beers. Oh, I had two beers before before <laughs> I before I got over here. Um, and uh, I had a I had a Shiner Bock too. Ooh, there you go. Um, it. But I you, But by the end of the creamsicle, like it, it tasted more like beer than creamsicle. But at the beginning, it tasted more. So it's pretty, pretty unique in that way. Perfect. Cool. Eric. Out of 23. Oh, we did 20. I did 20 and you did 20. Perfect. Okay. I like Amiga games. Do you like Amiga games? I do love them. Let's talk about six good ones. Six good games. So this was a fun... Uh, fun time sorting through these games and what i wanted to do i don't know if you did the same thing for yourself but i wanted to pick three games i had never played on the amigas under i guess what we what we said was under like games that didn't show up on everybody's top radar yeah radar exactly six good amiga games that are not in everybody's top 20 exactly and we want to say you don't want to say hidden gems or whatever because some of these might be not so hidden but whatever it my personal goal was three games I had never played before. Yep. At all, and that were good. And I played through probably twenty five Amiga games. Wow. And I played. What was the ratio of good to bad, Eric? It was, a lot of them were really bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There were right. some I loaded up, and after about thirty seconds or a minute, like I was like, "This is not for me," and I'd shut it <laughs> off and go to the next one. There were there were a ton of them. In fact, I, I think I have a list of some of the duds, but I, I won't go into those. Um. The first one on my list here is uh, a game I found called Projectile, spelled cool, cool, cool guy, guy style. style. Aaron, as, as Aaron, <laughs> as Aaron on the amigos would say, it uh, projectile with a Y at the end, Y L E. Projectile, projectile, like a pterodactyl. Now imagine this. I'm imagining. Imagine a two-dimensional um, Rocket League style game where you're trying to make a goal. This is top-down Rocket League. But you I'm are, watching a video for those that listening. Yeah. But it almost is like air hockey too. Like you are just pucks with a little logo on the top. And there's like so in the game, and I I didn't take notes on this and I should have, but there are three different teams. Um one is like cats and the other one is something else. I don't know. But you basically are going through this um unique map, and they're not really showing it too well, but there's a map in the corner down there. Oh, yeah, I can, and, okay. And there are tunnels into other areas. So when you knock the puck through, it's not a goal. It goes through those tubes. Mm-hmm. A series of tubes. A series man. of tubes. And so you are knocking this puck around, and you have to play defense, and you have to... On the map, it shows you like where the end goal is. Okay. And you have to score the goal, and you have to knock the puck into the goal. But you have to traverse through this giant scrolling map. So it, it and your guy can't leave that map. So when you knock it through that tube, you have another guy on the other end of that map. Okay. And then he can you're almost like passing it to him. So as soon as the the puck goes through that to, through the tunnel to the next part of the map, 
your guy needs to really jump in there and grab it and take it and put it in the goal. It's a simple game to say, but I played this for about two hours. Wow. I was going to say, this looks so fun multiplayer. Yeah, and you, and you can play a multiplayer, yeah. This should be awesome multiplayer. It's cool. Um, at least There's in this three one, teams. At least in this particular video we're watching, it's green, mm-hmm. and it's all top-down, but what's cool to me is the, the aesthetic of the, the play field. It looks almost like you're looking down on a Lego platform yeah like it's these little round nodules all over the place this is um this video is kind of bad it's almost like a recording of someone uh, actually yeah, somebody TV. recording a monitor you right yes. yeah try to try another one real quick uh i mean uh, it looked the game looks like a whole lot of fun honestly i I'm, I'm just taking a peek at that now while it is somewhat simple of a game it it i go this see, level the, is like rocks and stuff see, different there textures. are different textures for the for, for the ground but Man, I I got really into this game. So I th- could get there's into an this. overall map of of where your goals are. So I don't the, know if you saw that, the computer players are pretty fair. Yep, They're very fair. And that's one thing I really liked about this is it wasn't overwhelmingly difficult. Like Speedball for me, when I play Speedball, I love the graphics in Speedball and Speedball Two and the concept. But it's like I, there's it no is, way to score. It is so hard. I don't know if I've ever won a game of Speedball against the computer. Yeah. Um, this game is a kind of uh, not that way. I've I won a bunch of games, so I mean it's a fun. It's a it's that's cool. It looks great. So anyway, that's my first pick. Great choice, Eric. I try to do some of what you said. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my games are as quality, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. But the first one I wanted to bring up is a game called Cavitas. I'm, and this showed up in my list. Have, did you try it? I did try it. Okay, so you're familiar with it. And I did like it. I just didn't make my three. Gotcha. So I played a bunch of this, and it's yep. interesting. It's very Amiga yeah. to me. And one thing that caught my eye on this one was the flashlight, like how it, like you illuminate areas ahead of you with a light. Yep. So you're, it's a, I guess it's, technically it's a side-scrolling and vertical horizontal um, space shooter. Yep. Uh, kind of. But it's, you know, it's stagnant where you go, you kind of move within the screen. The screen scrolls with you, but it's not like a scrolling shooter. You, you move where you want mm-hmm. and you can go up and down through tubes and you're basically trying to get keys to open doors and move into other areas. Um, you've got three lives. You're this ship. And like Eric said, you have a little light on the front of you. Um, when you're on the top on the surface, meteors are falling. So you're trying to avoid them. Um, but then you just you go down through these caves in your cavitas. Yeah. I'm sure that means cave or something in a different language. Um, you can get power-ups and, you know, different shots and things like that. But it's very... Uh, it's, a, it's a game that when you start playing it, you're like, oh, I get it right off the bat. You're like, oh, I just... I need to go around here and find mm-hmm. stuff and shoot things. Yeah. Um, it's simple. You've got a damage meter. You've got a fuel meter. So when the fuel is getting low, you got to find fuel. Uh, when your damage is getting low, you got to find health. Um, and one thing I like about this game is that it is a four-way scroller. So you yes. go up, down, left, right. I love that kind of game. It's like a um, Turrican-style thing, except you're in a ship. Yeah, and it's not a platformer, but yeah, I know what you mean. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, yeah. it plays like a... Uh, I've played a lot of games that are underwater sub-games. This plays mm-hmm. like a sub-game, even though it's a spaceship. Yeah. It plays like a, like an underwater submarine game. Is how it, you're right. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's uh, I can go into more detail, but that's the gist of it. It's kind of very dark, earth-tony. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up playing this for a good two to three hours, actually. Oh, wow. Um, I played a couple, a couple like three rounds, I think. Because once you lose all three of your ships, you, you're done. It's, do- it's over. You start from the beginning. I think so. that's what happened to me is I lost three real fast, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to try some more and get back to this one, and then I happened to find the three I liked. Gotcha. But no, it looks great, and uh, it it this is one I tried. Cool. Yeah. Cavitas. Cavitas. That's a good one. 
My second one is one I only got to play for about maybe an hour, but I want to go back to it, and it's one I think about a lot. Ooh. Um, it is called Wolf Child. On this very special episode <laughs> of Six Good Games, Eric so, thinks about Wolf Child. This is on the Amiga, Wolf Child's by Core um, Games, which I think is a pretty good publisher for Amiga. Um, Core, Core Design, Design Limited. Limited. I think they're still around today. I think they still make games. Um, but I had never heard of Wolf Child, so I wanted to try it out. So what this is, is a platform, a platformer, kind of like a, like a Turrican. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is very much like a Turrican. Okay. But the, the twist is that you're a dude. And you have fists. That is a twist. Yeah. You, you have fists of fury and you're punching. Oh, look at that. And then when you collect... Um, it's like punching fireballs into things. Well, Big so, guns. So here, you skipped ahead. So go back yeah, a little bit if you would. Oh. Go back just a little bit. Not that far. <laughs> yeah, not that far. <laughs> look at this video. Look at that. He's a crazy yeah. wolf man. Turning into a wolf with hair and stuff. Right to the beginning of the level. You're... Well, he starts out as a dude. I don't get this. When you start the game, you're a guy. Okay. And you can just punch. Like Altered Beach, kind of. Altered Beast. And then when you get a certain amount of energy built up from power-ups that you collect, you turn into the wolf. And the wolf has, like, he can shoot things for some reason. You think the dude would shoot Eh, things. No, whatever. But the wolf wolf can shoot things. And one thing I just... Looks fun. One thing I love about this game is it is a fantastic platformer. I really enjoyed it. Now, it does get tough as nails later. So that's why I only played about an hour, but this is one game I'm definitely going to go back to. Um, it basically is a power-up collecting platformer Turrican-style game. I love it. It seems very Turrican, but like to me, it's more exciting just because the the way it looks. This is like a little mini boss boss thing. Yeah. And you get past this, but but skip ahead. Yeah, I mean, look at that. He's got like shield power-ups, and you punch like certain things to open unlock the power-ups. Any game um, where I can punch my way to victory. Exactly. My punches cause explosions, then I'm down. Yep. So this is Wolf. It looks great. Wolf Child. And it looks like it controls well, which a lot of Amiga games to me look good until I see the move and I'm like, ugh. No, this one controls great. It looks great. like it controls really I well. I had no problem with that. I, I wish I had had more time to play it, but I didn't. So Perfect. I'm going back to this one. Well, Eric, my next one, uh, honestly, it's not a good game. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> But I loved the hell out of it. So to me, it was a good game, Eric. Yeah. So a lot of, for whatever reason, the Amiga struggles with first-person shooters. It does. And in order to make them play well, they usually shrink the crap out of the screen. Now Doug's going to jump in here and be like, you're crazy. What look, a- look at this gloom and blah, blah, blah. Whatever I can do to elicit feedback, <laughs> I will do, Doug. Um, like to spark I, actually, the I have anger. not played gloom. I've heard of it. I need to try gloom. But okay. um, now that I have an Amiga that can play it. So anyways, this game is called Fears. Yes. And uh, it's got really cool... Um, it looks really cool with the, from the start. It's yeah. got a little uh, scrolling storyline here, some mm-hmm. really cool effects. And then the gameplay, um, I kind of had to get used to it, but I had not. I realized I haven't played a first-person shooter where I used um, keyboard controls and a mouse for a long time. For a long time, yeah. And uh, I just had a blast with it. It felt like I was playing Doom for the first time. Yeah, the graphics look really good for an Amiga. Is this an AGA game, do you know? I don't believe so. Um, but I, I do think you need a certain number, much uh, amount of RAM. Um, so you shoot these guys, they're little, they look like Krang from Ninja Turtles, the they brain. They do, and then like, their purple brain is exposed when you shoot them. Yep. And it's just, I mean, it is a Doom clone to its core, 
except i mean everything from you're on a ship with like alien uh hell spawn type guys coming out um the uh i i had to speed everything up so that everything moved quicker because it it was from a different era and people weren't used to controls back then i had to you know crank everything up but everything from going to find switches to open gates to finally get to the very end last switch and when you click that last switch levels over and everything drips down just like in doom just like in doom straight up rip off so is this an old game or is yeah. it a modern amiga no, no, no. so this is when you say you sped it up did did in you the, play it on a real amiga yes in the options oh. you can um choose like mouse sensitivity that kind of stuff, how quick you turn oh i see okay i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah no no no, no. that makes sense okay uh that's all i want to say about it because i it just looks say, cool. you check it out now some of the level design is pretty uninspired you see a lot of the same enemies over and over again there's a bunch of things about the ai is terrible they'll sit there and walk towards you into a wall the whole time i like that um it's not terribly difficult but uh, i i just had a blast with it I had a great time. I guess a lot of people made fun of this game. Reviews at the time gave it like 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. Huh. But I had a fun time. And so actually, I'm call it. to me, it looks impressive for an Amiga. All the third, all the first-person shooters I see on the Amiga look kind of bad. It's a, it's full screen. Yeah. So I loved it. Fears. Fears. I'm going to check it out. My last one is my favorite of the three. Ooh. So I wanted to save it for last. And I think you're going to dig this because it is... Well, so far, you're two for two on my book, so... So this one is a, at its heart, a puzzle, action puzzle game. Eric, say it's not so. Exactly. But this is the one I played the most. I played this off and on over a week, like every day. And yep. uh, this is basically a game of match the tiles, like things fall, like um, a tile will fall from the, from the sky and you have to match three or more. Okay. Okay. Now that sounds kind of like okay. No, I love those. I love well, you love falling block puzzle games. But this one is on a teeter totter or a seesaw. Okay. So you have to not only match them, but you have to balance them as they fall to not tip the 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 teeter totter. And as you get the weird thing about this guy is it's not showing like a lot of that but maybe that's a strategy this video yeah but you see as he as he is laying them down like if you you got to strategically put because w- when you clear three or more it'll alleviate the weight it on alleviates that side the weight so yeah. the teeter-totter shifts left and right the more i played this the more challenging you can see there's a timer to drop the the thing this you is have to decide awesome this is awesome um it is challenging, and you get a lot of extra points if you do f- more than three. So if you do four or five, yeah. But but you got to plan for it. You have to plan for that because if you're stacking them too high, you will unbalance the teeter totter and and die. Statics. I love Statics. the color palette too. It's very grays and it's then muted. The, yeah, that's kind of like muted bronze tile pieces. Yeah. Ah, oh, it looks okay. I think you're three for three. I'm playing all of these games. No, yours, yours have been excellent so far too. Let's see if you can. Now, this th- this your next one is an odd one, and I'm gonna tell you why. But go ahead. I want you to to talk about it. All right. So my last one is a game. It is not new to me. I grew up on this game. Okay, that's why it's odd to me. Is I was gonna say the only place I've ever played this game, and I have, is on my real Mac Classic. Yep. That's what I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. Macintosh Plus. Yeah. And I love this game on there. It is Shuffle Puck Cafe. Yeah. And it is basically, um, it's almost like you go to a bar, mm-hmm. and I can hear the music in my head already, but I hear the Mac version. So hearing yep. the Amiga version, it sounds familiar, but so foreign at the same time. Yeah. It's in color, which is awesome. It is. Yeah, because it's not on the Mac. It is black and white. Nope. Yeah. Um, 
And I just love this game, so uh, I'll try to do it quickly. But you go to a bar, you get to pick your opponent. Skip is this little nerdy guy. He's the easiest. Actually, the robot, I think, is easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you get play harder and harder characters. It's an alien bar, so a lot of these characters... It's like the cantina in Star Wars. Look very alien. They're aliens. And finally, I think the the hardest guy on there is Biff. No, is it Biff or... Anyways, and then there's like the sorceress. Anyways, you're playing a bar game, basically, so your opponents are drinking the whole time. And it's uh, essentially a table game of Pong where you have a paddle, and they have a paddle, kind of like uh, air hockey, but there's no goal. The entire side of their table is the end, Yeah. and you're just hitting with with your mouth, pushing it forward and backwards. You're hitting your paddle in your area of of the table and trying to get it past the opponent's paddle. And I really love the the feel of your control on this, at least on the Mac one. Like, you oh, yeah. could, if you moved it fast, your mouse forward fast, oh, yeah. it, it hit it hit it hard, whereas if you hit it slightly, it did hit it slightly. So you can really control the velocity of the puck in this one. And you can hit it with the edge of your puck, or mm-hmm. with your paddle, and make it bounce back and forth like crazy. And as it goes down the table, the note lowers. Yeah. And then if you get a win on your side, mm-hmm. uh, the opponent's side of the table kind of cracks like grass, glass. And when they hit on your side, it clack, cracks like glass, meaning you lost. And I just have a blast. Uh, a lot of personality in all the characters you play. They all play in a different style. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a full championship where you start at the bottom, work your way all up. And you can even play with blockers in the middle that bounce back and forth and, forth and make it more difficult. I, I haven't suggested. played this on Amiga. In fact, I, I've never played this in color. <laughs> I know. That's why when I saw it, I'm like, cool, color, <clears throat> shuffle puck cafe. Yeah. That is awesome. I, I didn't know that. So this is a great one. Um, this this California, this cream ale sneaks up on you. Oh, is it getting you? Is it getting you? It, well, it's like, it's getting me because I want to drink chug it because it <sighs> tastes so good. Or the three beers you had before this. It could be that. <laughs> well, Eric, that is a show, my friend. That is a show. Very cool. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Pixel Guide N. Yes. Uh, in two weeks, roughly, on the 30th, we'll be releasing episode 41. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to cover some things such as I have Cody's Corner, in which I'm going to talk about my opinions on the feel of each uh, video game console. Yes. And what they, how they feel, what they're about to me. Which is important if you're a collector. I mean, if you're, if you, you could just emulate all these, but if you collect the devices, then yeah. I want to know the feel. The feel. Um, and uh, we're also going to do our Battle of the Systems, where we cover two cell-shaded games, mm. which were really big in the early 2000s. Yep. We're going to cover a Nintendo, not Nintendo 64 game, we're going <laughs> to cover, cover a Dreamcast game, Jet Grind Radio, or... Yep. Jet Set Radio. If you're in the UK. And then we're also covering... We are covering uh, <laughs> Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe, the first one, which is a game that I heard a ton about when it was popular on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I, I think never played it before. This is my first time playing it. I really haven't either. We're covering it, however, on the GameCube, which is apparently where it was first released. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try those out, battle them, have fun, and of course we're going to catch up and yep. talk about everything we've done lately. Awesome. It'll be good. Thank you guys very much. Uh, and remember... It's It's dangerous dangerous to to go go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at theproject. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. 
please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.